check one, one, two. Hey, snare, snare, kick, kick, Tom, yeah. Tom. Tom, kick, <laughs> kick, floor Tom. Hi hat, hi hat. Overheads. Okay, guitar, stage left. Oh yeah. Moonlight mixing with the sunrise. I can't tell if my eyes see what's going on. Rewind to if you should ask time. This is Schmitty with another episode of Talking Schmidt. I got myself a podcast here that is, uh, you know, that game where you do seven degrees separation of Kevin Bacon. Well, we do two degrees separation of skateboarding here on the podcast. And my next guest is Nick Friedis, who used to work for Thrasher Skateboard Magazine. He's a talented musician. He's a talented photographer. He's got a lot of charm and charisma. And he's been on stage with Connor Oberst. Uh, yeah. 
That and much more today on the pod. Grew up in Visalia with the Paez brothers, Karma, Tom Knox, and Incorporated. And uh, it was good catching up with them. Also, happy birthday to the 2021 reigning Mother of the Year, Judith Eileen Lavelle, who I might be biased, but I actually think she's Mother of the Year every year. Happy birthday, Mom. I hope today is five degrees cooler somehow. Uh, Grab an ice pack out of the freezer. I know it's over 100 degrees where you live, but uh, we love you. Sending all the best vibes and love and hope your day is great. And it's good to hear all this love, you know. Other than that, I'd like to give a big shout out to the hardworking crew at 1831 Market Street. Deluxe SF is back open. It's clean, remodeled, and looking tight. If you have been going by there and it wasn't open, you can go by there now and it is open. Tell them Schmitty sent you. You might even get a free sticker. Is that is that real? Yep. I did the interview with Nick Friedis last week and then I get the text from the good friend of the show, Jason Lee Jesse. And he says he and the Piaz brothers, Richard and Jesse, along with Andy Roy, were going to take their new uh, little situation with the driven skateboards up to Sacramento for a little, you know, appearance. I think they were, um, I don't even know what was going on, to be honest. There was some rally at the skate park um, second annual and they were up there signing boards and just doing positive things in the 916 where it was over 100 degrees, uh, 100% skateboarding, 100 degree skateboarding, you decide. Yeah. Anyhow, I drove up there and got to spend the day with those guys, and it was so kick-ass to see Richard and Jesse. Um, Jeff Toland was there. We drove over and hung out with Ricky Windsor for a while. It was a really good day. Um each one of those dudes is a gold medalist at storytelling. And uh, the laughs were a plenty. Uh, Windsor just stole the show. He was cracking us all up, um, you know, but it's always good. We went to uh, Old Town afterwards and had some uh, burgers at Fanny Ann's or someplace like that. And it was good. And, uh, but catching up with Richard and Jesse, who I haven't seen for over 20 years for sure. And uh, of course, Jason and Andy is always good. Thanks to Jeff Toland for giving us the uh, direction to where we need to be to eat and have some wonderful uh, conversation piece. Anyway, I might be a little nasal today because my <clears throat> allergies seem to be acting up. But I hope you enjoy the show. We're back. We took a week off. And to be honest with you, I might just go by monthly or bi-weekly or whatever you want to call it. Every other week, I might take a week off. This is what I'm contemplating here. We're also looking into bigger and better things. Um, people have suggested doing this Patreon thing. So I'm looking into that. If you have any advice or information, always welcome here. Talkingschmidt at gmail.com. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. 
head on over to your local shop and ask for Blood Wizard. If they're out, then you can tickety-tack on down to bloodwizard.com where you have all of your conjuring needs. Uh, we still got a few items on the website at talkingschmidt.com forward slash shop. That's like hashtag hint, hint. Please support the show and buy a t-shirt. Also, if you don't have any money and you want to support the show, just hit subscribe and then tell three to five friends that don't know about it to subscribe. And then we can grow. I can get advertising and make a couple slices of cheese from a burger. This show is dedicated to Judith Eileen Lavelle. And away we go. This is Nick Freitas, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. Holy cannoli. It's cool, like tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big dog's in. Do we really want to be here? Oh, everything's changed. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. You're going to come out different. <laughs> shit, my pants. Love. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? He thinks he's tough shit. What's up? Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. When my next guest is not up on stage at the Reading Festival in England, filling in harmonics for Connor Oberst, or out on a curb just slashing it up, grinding slappies across the Visalia projects, he can be found in the old US of A with his solo project. We met through skateboarding, however, as he was a staff photographer for Thrasher Magazine before I even started working there. Ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereof, this is Nick Friedis. <laughs> that was a great intro, man. Thank you. Look at that. Turn up the reverb. Let's get a little bass and uh, turn down the treble because we are back. You are in my studio right now, though. This is where I do everything. I don't know if yeah. you can see it. but I wish, dude. I always yeah. see you, your studio, like photos and videos. I'm like, God, that's it's at your just, house or is it, that? It's in the separate? garage. Yeah, it's in the garage. It's it, But it, it's just... All you have to do is get a room and just fill it with gear and it just looks awesome. I didn't do, I just painted the walls, painted the floor and just put all my shit in here. I got my piano and over there. But does that drum set ever get used? Yeah. On every song I do. Yeah. But then how does your, how does your family and I have to wait. I have to wait till they're (laughs) like, right. My wife is at work. The girls are at school. And that's when I do it. I have like a three, four hour window to do anything loud. Mm. Neighbors are cool with it because they're far, um, but yeah, because the I'm underneath the house, so the the living room's right here, and then the kitchen. So anything loud, I got to do during the day while they're at school. That's what the summer was rough, dude. It was hard to get anything done, but okay. Um, but I, know, I yeah. noticed there's no carpet really, or egg crates, or anything. No, right? I just do no egg crates. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all, I made all these sound panels. I've had them for 10 years. Oh, okay. Home Depot and then like uh, Joanne's Fabric. And I just like, you just make them. So that's what does it. Because, I mean, it's pretty, you know, there's a little bit of a bounce. But yeah. you want that, I think. And then I have a corner over here that's isolated. So, you know, if I need to do vocals or guitars, then everything's here. And then I kind of have like, my gear is here. So it kind of isolates the sound so I can hear it through the speakers. Everything's definitely thought out here and it's all like plugged in so 
drums are mic'd. All these keyboards I have right here, which you can't see, are plugged into here. So anytime I just want, I just boom, I hit, I'm ready to go. And that's why awesome. I have to do what I for what I do for work. You know, it's got everything's like you gotta do it the next day. So how are you? Good, man. Good. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I love the podcast. Uh this is just, yeah, I'm really stoked. Are you a podcast guy? Yes, I'm uh, addicted to them. What's top three? Uh, there's one I'm watching, Crooked City. Have you listened to that one right now? It's no. just like mobsters in uh, Ohio. Okay. Uh, Jim, what's the name? That one's good. I like uh, Al Franken podcast. I like, I like that one. Oh, sick. I listen yeah, to Mark Maron a lot lately. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's a, yeah, of course. That one's so yeah. good. Yeah, that's a I, good one. I was listening to Smart List and I, I listened to every one from the first one they did till caught up. And uh, I started listening to Mark Maron. I was like, this one's kind of better. It's way like, better. And he's like Mark the original. Maron's more insightful and Smartless is like, we don't know anything. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> door, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I love Maron those was guys. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. But Maron's like, he was started out in Highland Park just like in his garage. Like, right. I'm just going to do, well, I don't know what to do. And it, be, it turned into something huge. It's so rad. Yeah, I listened. One of the first ones I listened to was when his girlfriend died and he just came oh. on like instantly. And it was so heartfelt and crazy i was like dude this guy's sharing everything like yeah. in the moment like yeah it was gnar he's a real comedian i think comedians are pretty like sensitive dark people you know what i mean and like the smartest dudes are you know they're kind of mm. <laughs> they're rad but that's a good one too there's so many man there's like you are know. you more humor or true crime True crime, dude. True crime, dude. Oh, I was yeah. at, like when Netflix started doing true crime, you couldn't keep me off it. Dude, nonstop every night. I do. Uh, did you just watch? Uh, was the Untold ones? Have you done that one? Untold. No. They're so good. Oh man. Okay. You gotta check those out. My favorite one's the one where the guy steals the submarine. Oh my! That is. What's it called? Uh, it's un <laughs> yeah. The Russian sub with. Yeah. Can you get missiles or something like that? Dude, yeah. it's so sick. They're yeah. like, you're never gonna get this guy to interview, and then the next scene, it's like, what the fuck you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you don't really... need to ask me these questions, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's a good one. There's okay. so many. Like it's, but there's okay. also a lot of bad ones. But this is where my wife just loves. Every time I ask this question, she just looks at me and turns red. Love it. But I, I started out with, you were born in Visalia, right? <laughs> I was, yeah. Oh, so usually I get it wrong. <laughs> no, no, I was born. Yeah, born and raised there. Yeah, Born and raised, okay. Uh, let, tell, tell us a little bit about wow. the old the wow. Visalia life. I don't know. I It's a really, it's a special place. I think a lot of people associate Visalia with skate camp, or they did. Right, which was in the mountains, and Visalia is not in the mountains. It's At far all. from it. It's yeah. in like deep in the heart of the San Joaquin Valley. It would get so hot during the summer, freezing cold in the winter. But um, you know, it was it, it was weird because it was there was no university, there was no like real cultural things going on. So you kind of had to make it happen yourself. And I don't know, there wasn't a lot to do, and I think that's why so many people got good at stuff. You know, like Tom Knox, Karma, Jeff Clint. I mean, they just got, you know, because there was nothing else to do. You know, there were no venues. Like, bands didn't come through and play. Right. So you kind of just just figured stuff out on your own. So that's really what it was like. I mean, it was like any other town, but, you know, Little League, all that stuff. But skateboarding, for some reason, you know, there was the Y ramp. 
you know, there was the vert ramp at the Y, and that's how a lot of Tom Knox and all those guys. But that was before my time. I'm like a different generation. Than what about him. Chris Borsch? Is he Bakersfield? Yeah, I think he's Bakersfield. I don't okay. know him, but yeah. But Alan, remember Al- in that Powell video where they're on the guy, they're looking for the ramp? Yeah. That's Bakersfield, right? Yeah, I, I would think that's Bakersfield. I don't know for sure. Don't quote me on that. But that, I didn't. We There was Alan Peterson was from Fresno. That's all I knew. And Ryan Johnson, remember, he was from Sanger. Well, RJ forever. RJ forever. I, I think there's no David Gravette without RJ, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was such an interesting dude, too, man. Wow. I used to go there and he was very, like, you know, another thing about those guys is there was no video camera back then, remember? There was like, they were like anti video camera. Right. So, and, and when you shot a photo with those guys, you had to get it right. They're not going to do it again, you know? There was yeah, a lot was of pressure. Like, it's how Antihero still runs it. They run it like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Trujillo, can you try that again? Fuck. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking a beer, bro. Fuck yeah, off. it's over. You got to yeah. be in the moment. And that's one thing that's so different now. It's like you, you, I had to be in the moment, you know? Like I, as soon as I started seeing someone try something, I would be like, camera gear's out, plug in the flash in, you know what I mean? Like you got to be ready right. to go. Well, what came first for you, the skateboard, the camera, or a musical instrument? Oh, wow. Musical instrument actually was first, then well, the skateboard. Well, it was what guitar. Was it? guitar. It was a guitar. But I, I just kind of gravitated towards the drums after that. I kind of messed with it, and then I just got into the drums. That's yeah. what I grew up playing. Huh. In, like so many, I played drums in the jazz band in high school. Um, that was my main instrument was drums. But then okay. skateboarding first, for sure, before the photos. What was uh, skateboarding like? Uh, junior high or what? What? Yeah, eight, yeah. Summer before eighth grade year, I'd say eighth grade year. That's when it happened. Everyone in the neighborhood. I grew up skating in the neighborhood, like in the eighties, late eighties. Um, you know the launch ramp era. Uh, but then everyone quit in the neighborhood, and it was kind of like, and then everyone got rollerblades. I don't know if you remember that. It was terrible. Uh, I went uh, straight to the Unowheel. I skipped the <laughs> It was so bad. And then, yeah, I just remember, like I said, I used to go with my parents to the grocery store, and I would just, the only reason I went is to go to the magazine section to look at skate mags. That was it. Uh, and I just, and then, I mean, I write about it. It's just like, there was an interview with Tom Knox. Shout out. Transworld. I used that bad word. And it was like photos. I recognized where he was skating and I was like what and he was talking about Visalia and, and that was it for me I was just like I gotta skate you know so was so, Tom Knox one of your early childhood oh yeah here? yeah oh yeah dude I mean you could go and see him skate you know what I mean like just go downtown and there he was what was know? the bank to curb McDonald's or a gas station yeah that's station? Bakersfield yeah would yeah you, McDonald's would you banks. go go there not till later we didn't uh-huh. you know not till someone got a car or a license you know I went there with Tom a few times though he dude still just shredded it. He yeah. showed me where it used to say it used to say "fuck Tom Knox" and spray paint. Someone spray painted. And he showed me. He's like, "Look, you can still see it." And he but, wrote uh, it. He might have wrote it. I don't know. <laughs> but he was gnarly, dude. He was very like he didn't talk to anybody, dude. He would just and he skated by himself. He would just like show up to a spot right. and just like sh- just shred everything, and then just like you'd look up and he'd be gone, dude. And we'd be like, "Wow, it was crazy." Yeah, he was, uh, you know, then he, later on he started, like, being cool and talking to everybody. He was very, very serious, dude. 
Yeah, he never fell seen... off his board ever, ever. He never <laughs> did, dude. I swear. Yeah. Huh. Did you uh, go to school with anybody? Were, were, no. Were, no, no. I was on the east side of town. That's the thing. I was. We were on the outskirts, and so I. <clears throat> there was no one in my class. Nanda Zip was a senior in high school when I was a freshman. Oh, I didn't know Nanda's from there too. Yeah, Nanda. Yeah, I thought he was from Santa Rosa. He moved there later, I guess. Later, right after. Yeah. Oh, okay. When you're skating, were you aware of like these guys, but you hadn't met them yet? I was definitely aware of them. I mean, the first, like, as soon as I got into skating, I was just like, I mean, you know, I was obsessed. So it was like, I had to know everything. It was right when Big, uh, or um, Troops of Tomorrow came out. Do you remember that video? Uh huh. That's my first video I got. Oh. And so, yeah, then you'd go downtown and you'd see, you know, Richard. Shout out. You know, we're the same age. No tattoos he, yet. Oh, none, no. <laughs> he was short. He was really short. Hamburger Jr. Yeah. And he hung out with a crowd. I mean, they were pretty, you know, they were pretty intimidating, like his friend. You know, they were, you know, VSL. That's what it was. If I still skate locals, they were like a little kind of gang. Uh-huh. But not yet. They were still just like whatever. Right. But um, Richard was super friendly. I never got like weird vibes from him ever. He was He was just fun. And they were always playing dice against the wall so you would get to the i swear to god dude they were dude. playing always playing dice yeah huh. yeah those guys have always been hospitable i used to go down there when i f was working for think uh poncho mckinney and i would drive down and meet up with jesse and go to hanford and then we'd yeah, go hanford. into visalia and i met dale and yeah. some of the locals and they all just it was yeah. good times it was just all about like hey what's up let's do you know like totally you know it oh was my, never yeah. a bad vibe and nope. richard's always been cool too like all those dudes yeah it's insane it's really yeah I, like i said i feel so fortunate i don't know that's why i made the book i don't know why like that for some reason i mean there's so many different towns in the valley but if i mm. tell you there so many people gravitated towards there and so many good people came out of there yeah nanda zip was from there i remember walking to class and you know he, he was skating and there was a water fountain it was uh -huh. kind of like i don't know a little over knee high and he was ollieing it and he he did it you know and we were just like oh my and i remember i in my mind i was like when i'm a senior i have to ollie that fountain you know it was like a mandatory thing right but yeah i remember seeing, it was mind-blowing like getting to see all that stuff in real life not you know what i mean not just in videos like getting to see tom skating as fast as he did you really like i i saw what a professional was really early on you know uh, rather than just like you're skating with your bros like you were like you saw what the bar was you know well who who did you end up meeting first and kind of becoming friends with would it have been Karma? richard richard okay oh yeah because we were the same age he would always every time i saw him he would be like uh i had a green backpack i remember and had my camera in there I took a photo class my freshman year, so anytime I skated downtown, I didn't know anybody yet, and I had my camera in there, and Richard would be like, you bring your camera? He'd always be like, you bring your camera? And if he would be like, goof off, he'd like light a joint. He'd be like, take a picture, Nick, take a picture, and he'd like, like smoking a joint. <laughs> and uh, But then he we'd go wherever, like we started skating these benches, and that's who I met first was Richard. He was And he was the first one that told me, he's like, you should send your pictures to, to Thrasher. And I was like, what? Like, you know, and I did, you know, but he was the first one, Richard. And then, and then Tom was the, he started coming around and <clears throat> take, you know, he was the first one that really kind of like told me what professional 
photographers used, you know? He was the mm. first one. First ad I ever had was was Tom Knox. For so, Santa Cruz or? No, it was a, no, this is post Santa Cruz. Remember he was on Sonic. Oh, yeah. So so it was, he wrote, I, it was a going ad, if you can huh. believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for the check? No, it was 50 bucks. I got it. Yeah, 50 <laughs> bucks. That was huge, dude. That was a big deal. So you know I mean? big. I didn't even know. You know, you could really, I was like, really? That's crazy. You know. I think I have the check stub for my first paid photo. Wow. Hell yeah. Who it was, was it from? It was this dude named Ave Bunachita, and I forget what company it was. It was Ave. like in Big Brother, and it was an ad. I forget what, it was like a small, smaller than Sonic, but it was like 50 or 75 bucks, and I yeah. just remember going, yeah, like yeah. just whoa. Yeah, no, I well, in, and here's the thing for me, and this is straight up truth. Like, okay, advertisements made sense. Like, okay, company, but I started getting photos in the mag, like not in photographiti, like because that was the first thing it was like photographiti, photographiti, and then I started submitting to the mag, like to. I think Luke had just taken over. Shout out mm-hmm. as the photo editor. So I started sending it to him, and then I remember opening up a magazine, and there my photo was in it, like not in photography. It was like in a photo section, and I was like, "Whoa!" And I'm, all my friends who were just like, and then I got one of Jess, two of Jesse in there, and people started going, "You got to get, you get paid for that." And I was like, "No, you know, like I was like, no, I'm good. Like I, I'm, I'm in the mag. Like it doesn't, I'm good, you know." Yeah. And then it was like honestly, like a year or two later. My mom calls me. I just graduated high school. I'm living with Tim and Jeremy. And <clears throat> my mom calls me. She's like, there's this guy he keeps calling. His name's Luke. This is from <laughs> High Speed Productions. And I was like, what? Like, So I call the number and he goes, is this Nick? I was like, yeah. And he goes, man, we owe you money. You know, and I was like, what? He's like, we owe you $750. And I like almost, I was like, <laughs> what? You know, and then the light bulb was like on at that point. Then I was like, oh, I'm doing this, you know? Huh. I'm doing this. Yeah. That was like 96, 96. 96. I dude. delivered pizzas at the time. I remember I was delivering pizzas. And I remember in my mind, like, truly, I was like, I'll just always have a job, you know? And then I'll just, like, skate and take pictures of my friends. Like, it was that simple, dude. That's it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it changed everything. Changed everything. What about meeting the Felper? That was, oh man, do you really want to hear this story? Yeah. It's real story. It's a, one of the, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so so then I, the last person to I got to meet was Karma, because he was, he didn't live there, you know? Oh. And Vaisali, when I was, you know, he'd already moved away. Mm. So he started, he would come to town, and I was living with Tim, Jeremy, and then, of course, Dale, Richard, Jesse, That's just, they just lived at our house, basically, because uh-huh. it was somewhere to drink beer and just chill, you know? So they were at our house all the time, and then Karma started coming over, and I met him, and Immediately liked him, but you know, he's definitely has a vibe about him, you know what I mean? But he goes, Why don't you come up to uh, SF and stay with me, you know, and, and let's hang? I said, All right. So I just drove up there. I think I was 18 years old. And he's like, Why don't we go to, let's go to the mag? You want to go meet Jake? And I was like, Yeah, you know, I'll go meet him. Like, it's, and I'd had photos in the mag. They'd run little stories I'd written. So I was feeling uh-huh. pretty good about myself, dude. <laughs> I was. <laughs> And so I walked in there that to say, like, yeah, yeah. And, oh my, so fast. So I go in there, I go in there and there, you know, of course, karma walks in. Everyone's like, what's up karma. And so I go in, you know, the sliding glass door, they had the white leather couch. Remember that? 
and I go in there. There's a couple people on the couch. I don't know who they are. And there's Luke. The first, and so Karma's like, hey, you know, this is Nick, Freitas, Luke. And Luke, like, was super cool. Obviously, he was just like, yeah, rad, name to the face. Like, and he goes, Jake, here's this Nick, you know. And I was like, you know, I stuck my hand out to shake his hand. And he looked at my hand. He goes, you're the dude that took the worst photo I've ever seen in a magazine. <laughs> And I was just like, you know what I mean? Like feeling and just, I was like the smallest person in the world. I was just like done. I was like, but I remember going and I could hear some laughter and Carmen knew what was going to happen. So he already knew, but I did, you know, he was like, here you go. Like get ready to get destroyed. Here you go. So anyway, and I was like, what? I remember I was like, what photo? What are you talking about? And, he, he, and there was a stack on there. There was a stack of mags on his desk. And he goes over there and he kind of thumbs through them really fast. And he just like rips out a mag, like in the middle of the stack. He goes through all the pages and he just turns it around and he just shows it to me. He goes, this one. And I was like, oh my God. Like he knew that, you know? And I just remember at that moment, I just said, I have to work for this guy. You know what I mean? This is it. This is wow. it. What was the photo? Do you remember? Yeah, it was Tim Garner. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't that bad of a photo. But it was pretty bad. He was doing a heel flip, you know, frontside grab to fakie on a mini ramp. And I took it right when it just looks like a bail. It does look like a bail in hindsight. Huh. But why, I remember thinking, why like, did they run it? It was an ad. It was an oh. ad. It was an ad. He loved pointing out the shitty ads. Man. <clears throat> so then he just goes, he put his hand around my shoulder, he turns me around, and he goes, let me give you the 10 cent tour. And he kind of, li- we go outside of the sliding glass doors and he kind of points, he goes, that's the copy editor. He's like, that's Nico, that's so-and-so. And he's like, you know, m- make yourself at home. And he just, we, and I sat on the couch for what seemed like an eternity. I didn't say a word for the rest of the time I was in there. Not a word, dude. Uh-huh. I just listened. And then Luke goes, and this I'll never forget, he goes, do you need film? I was like, really? He's like, here. And he gave me a box of film and batteries. And Jake goes, you're welcome here anytime to me. And he goes, whatever you do, don't go downstairs. And I was just like, you got it. And uh, from then on, from the moment I walked to that glass door, I never gave a photo to anybody else. Never. That was uh-huh. it. And you know what he meant about downstairs, Flap right? was downstairs. Yes, yes. Stay away from Dawes. Even, I love Lance Dawes. I think, I love that dude, but. Me too. But we, I literally, every time I went down there to get a soda, remember there was a soda machine down there? Oh, there was yeah. A soda, I literally, I never, I didn't even go in there. I, you know, if someone was there, I'd just kind of give him a nod. I was like, nope, I don't go in yeah. there. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, I did. You know, almost be- right before he died, I feel like um, I think he got a phone call from you, and uh, yeah, he was he was like, "Smitty, you want to go? Nick's playing the film or yeah, somewhere, yeah. you know?" Like, and he was all hyped and like excited Amazing. about. Yeah, it was really. You know, there was a lot of people that he didn't get excited about, and so when he did get excited, you're like, "Oh, I guess Nick's in good grace." Yeah. <laughs> wow, know? that makes me feel. Man, yeah. I can't tell you how much he meant to me. He he was a huge deal. It was a huge deal, man. Like he, yeah, it's crazy. It's you know. well, I learned the hard way that um, sometimes it's better to have someone bugging you all the time than not at all. Yeah, 
uh, you know, like. What do you mean by the hard way? What do you mean? Like well, dealing I mean, with Jake's, Jake? Jake's gone, and now the people at the mag, they're very opposite of what Jake. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I swear to God, this is no lie. Every morning I woke up to a text from Jake. He was already awake and he wow. was firing me up about something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. did you get the edit done? You want to meet for coffee? Like wow. something every fucking morning. And then when Instagram finally caught radar on his radar, which was way late, he was so late to Instagram. Mm -hmm. But when he got on, I was the one that did it for him. So he would send me photos and video with captions every day and be like, wow, throw this up. Blah, blah, no. blah. And I'd be like, dude, we're going to get into trouble at some point. But he kept it pretty legit. Like, yeah, I thought there was going to be some real horror, you know, like because Tony hit me up like right when we started doing it, Vitello, he was just like, dude. If there's anything sketchy, hit me up first. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I can imagine. But I sent him, he posted something. I, I, I texted him a photo, an old photo of Karma, that, and then that he was like doing a front blunt slide that he put up there. Sick. That was rad. So that was you that, that probably did it, though. Yeah, there was a couple emergencies. One time he sent me something Magans that wasn't uh, okayed by Mark, and I guess Mark hit him up instantly. He was like, take that down, blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> so he hit me up. He's like, Smitty, we, uh, we made a mistake. Turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some some good ones. Uh, yeah, he like I said, man, I had, it's crazy that um, I, I don't think people understand. I know... <clears throat> that there's a lot of people that he rubbed the wrong way, you know, and I just think maybe they just didn't get it or they, he was, ah, he's such a special dude. He, I think, and I think he was different with everybody, you know, I think he would, if he liked you or something, he saw what you were good at or something. And then he was able to like make you do it, you know, like, what do you got? Like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, I would just get random phone calls. Yeah. Or I remember, before I was the, got to be a staff photographer, you know, I was submitting stuff, and I went through, you know, I was living in San Francisco. I lived there for like a little over a year. Yeah, I lived with like Scott Bourne and oh. those dudes, and that was, you know, pretty rough. Uh, the room I, without a window. It was, yeah, it was, kind, <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, I was just like down and out. I was just like, man, fuck this. I don't, don't want to do this anymore. And I saw him. I just went on a trip with karma richard doug sands and mm. jesse we were drove uh karma got this free car for like a year this oh is by this hyundai no Dai daewoo 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 that's right yeah okay you remember it? so like, he got this car and we just drove out for a couple weeks I had the great time skated i shot photos the whole time how you know cool. whatever it was the best times dude and so i went to go see built a spill at amoeba in sf ah and I'm walking out and I see Jake, which was so rare, you know, because mm. I never, and he sees me, I was like, oh shit. And because I hadn't delivered, I hadn't been in the mag for a while. I hadn't given him anything because I was, I don't know, I was just kind of down and out. I was just like, man, I don't know if I want to do this. And he sees me, he's like, what are you, you know, he's like, what are you doing? You know, why have, what the hell is wrong with, you know? And I was like, what? He's like, I go, man, I just want to trip with Carmen. He's like, that needs to be on my desk next week. And I was like, you got it. Uh, and he, he loved karma. Yeah, and so I was just like, okay. And so I just went home and literally hand wrote a story. It just made up a story. I just thought about it, did it, put it in an envelope. I'd moved back to Visalia at this point. Okay. And I put it in an envelope and just like sent it off. And it was like six pages or eight pages, like two months later. And I was like, okay, 
this is what am I doing? I got to do this, you know. Mm. Then it was on. It was just on. He just had that ability to oh, just get like Motivate. do it. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I think to the right people, it was the best thing. To some people, they're just like meh and whatever. They're missing out, <laughs> really. But in a way, like you know, you could we could talk about this forever. But the thing that I always say is like. A, the times were obviously different. Yeah. Um, what drew us to skateboarding was a lot different than what's drawing today's people to skateboarding. Right. Uh, you know, like we were already outcasts. We were the guys that were getting thrown into lockers in high school that were yeah. like, why do you have a mohawk? You're a kook. Like all this yeah. shit. Like It was not cool. It was yeah. not cool. And there was not that many of us. So in a way, when you got together and there was these like semi like brotherhood of initiations and whatnot, it just felt cooler and cooler mm -hmm. every step of the way because you were, you know, trying to like get in with the right guys and eventually fucking walk the walk. And like, yeah, you don't yeah. just get to fucking stop by the mag and say, can I have free gear yeah. like these guys today? They, I don't even know you and you're sending me emails every month to get free gear. It's like, dude, it was not like that. I'll tell you that. No, no, no. So, wow. Really? That's what happened. Wow. Uh, no. Yeah. My you had to go in there and endure. You had to go in there and endure the improve. You know, like, yeah, improve. There you go. It, it's yeah, like a yeah. sponsor me for fucking photographers yeah. and videographers. Like it's not just like, hey, I got a camera. I'm in, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember the uh, the story about dude's first trips with. Uh, he called them bitch bags because they had wheels on them. Now everybody runs them. But like, if you had the bitch bag, you were cut. Like, you have wheels on your fucking tote bag. <laughs> Get out of here. You're not going with us anywhere, motherfucker. <laughs> like, just straight up. Like, good skater, but a what? Like, you yeah. just go off. Oh, it's like, wow. you know, now today's like, I'll probably have to beep out bitch bag in the podcast because you can't say that anymore or whatever. Yeah. But it's well, just like, it's just, it was just different times. It is. It is. And yeah, it, yeah, but it was, man. But we are evolving, Nick. We're evolving. Yeah, I'm fine with you know? it. But Jake was good at, at able to just like, no, and we're missing that. You know, it's hard because it's in music too, man. It's, there's a lot of that in music too, where there's no, well, there's, there's, there's no there's bar. People, there's people in life that do things that nobody else wants to do. And then people look at that person. They're like, I don't like that person. But you're like, but that person is saving you from doing all the shit you don't want to do. Mm, right. You know, like he's right. calling the people out, like you want to do that, but you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And so he was keeping things in check. And then with his guard down, you know, it could get a little sloppier. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. I, I def, I miss Jake every day. It's uh, obviously him and I, you know, traveled a lot and like, especially in the later years when we were doing the Instagram and doing so much videos content for the web, it was just, a, you know, we did a lot. It was me, him, me, him and Preston and whoever else. And like, it just, uh, it was a big void when he, the day I'll never forget the day that he passed. Uh, I got the phone call and it was, or it was a text mm -hmm. from some guy that works at Thrasher. And it was like, it was like something weird like is jake dead or something and i was no. just like you know you would hear shit like that all the time i was like what i was like no dude just whatever and mm. then he called me and he's like no dude i think so mm. and i was like okay i gotta go i gotta call someone that actually might know right and then i called tony would you call tony 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 vitello yeah and he told me to call tony and trixie and then i pulled the car over and i called my wife who was my girlfriend at the time and i was just like um I don't think I can drive. 
and wow and she was like luckily she was like six blocks away and i was like uh oh jake died and and you know it was just like one or two years i I forget exactly how much but preston had just died right and it was like you know everybody knows this story i've told it a million times but those two guys were very important to me and and so like yeah it was like ah you know fucking crazy yeah i'm sorry man that's uh but getting on to better things highway 99 versus highway 5 which one has more tweakers 99 all the way are you kidding me 99 (laughs) without a doubt god you could pull off at any fucking exit and you're gonna find one at the 7-eleven they get and go they're just kicking it dude no doubt (laughs) and then we need to know the pros and cons of canal surfing well you're gonna get an ear infection probably uh, which I had many growing up. Ah, yeah, it's fun though. I mean, by the end, just wear a lot of sunscreen. Uh, you're gonna get sunburned. You're gonna drink a lot of beer, uh, but it's fun. Done mm. it a few times. Yeah, inner tubes. We did it with the inner tubes. Tie did a rope it, to it. Is uh, Kelly Slater's perfect wave out there somewhere? Like, no, I don't. I don't know. I What's think that? it's in Bakersfield. <laughs> really? He, he built. Uh, you know, like uh, what are those things called? Like surf machines. It's, oh. it, it builds a wave so it can be the same wave every time. So, like, what they're thinking is competitive-wise, the wow. same guys could ride the same wave and get a real feel for who the best is. Amazing. Yeah, I don't – I didn't know – it sounds like a Bakersfield thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's in Bakersfield, but uh, – I think they should do this with F1 racing. Like everyone should have the same car because the cars are like. Yeah, that's your advantage, right? That's not fair. It should be crazy. about the driver. It should be about the driver. That's yeah. what I've said You're all right. along. Uh, Dale Earnhardt was the best, but maybe he had the best car. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, oh, and then one last thing from down there. Do you know about this? Is a huge phenomenon for me and my friends. The Wasco clown. No. You don't know about the Wasco clown? Is this in the valley? Wasco is very close to Visalia and Fresno. It's east, uh, maybe by the prison, I think. Okay. Uh, And there was this dude that dressed up like a clown and held balloons and sat in the park just to freak people out. Wow. He became a viral sensation and then later started killing people. Oh, my God. And he was in prison, but he had an Instagram account. And there's a documentary on it. You have to. I have to see that. I'm writing it down right now. Hold on. It's amazing. What is it? Wasco? Yeah, W-A-S-C-O. Like, every time we drive down that way, I'm like, I'm coming up on Wasco. I think it's called Wasco. I'm not sure one time we went through the drive-thru there and we were asking them questions i was like do you know who it was like do you know a name or like wait was it the name of the city the city is wasco california and the the name of the documentary i think is called the wasco there it is i see it right here it is wasco it's right above chapter it's in between bakersfield it's west no it's a little west it's in between the 99 and the five oh i know where this is i know where this is yeah. Oh, that is gnarly area out there. It's kind of by uh, Shafter. You know, there's a b- lot of uh, water out there. A lot of uh, water. Um, a lot of water farming, dude. That's the next thing. Oh, these really? dudes are Yeah, these dudes are sitting on so much water. Wait, water so banks. I, he- I heard about this. It's crazy. Like people are buying lands that have water on it, so that in the future, when the drought really gets bad, they'll yeah. have it. It's all right here. It's all that's the area. It's just west of Bakersfield. There's these huge 
yeah, like water banks where they store all the water. It's sketchy, man. Like that's the future. They're gonna like start charging you for water and anyway, where we gonna what else should we talk about? Have you ever been to the flumes? Dude, I've never been. What? I've been there. I've been uh, I take that back. I did go there with Tom, but they were full of water. Okay. I did go there. I never got to skate them. I've seen them, but with water in them. Okay. That's how Karma met Jake or Karma said he took a Have you interviewed Karma for this? No. I, oh, you got it. I haven't even here. talked to Karma in like a while. Is he's he great, still dude. in Ohio or something? Yeah. He's good, man. He's okay. really good. Well, I'll definitely hit him. Yeah. He well, he told me he took that's how he connected with Jake is Jake came to Visalia maybe he was like where are these things at you know and Karma took him there and they were like bros ever since yeah. to the flumes I could see it <laughs> let's get into the photography I, I, I told right. you I was like before you we said get five. before we get into your top five photos which turned into your top nine nine let, let's, let's just get a little background what was like your first camera and what made right. you were, wow. were you one of those guys that was kind of like me like I'm never going to be good at skateboarding but I want to be around good there skaters. you go you, na- you nailed it you <laughs> nailed it you nailed it it was like going <clears throat> so and I toyed with the idea it wasn't even an idea it was just a feeling a vibe which was yeah, started skating, got really into it, took a photography class. My first uh, camera was an Olympus. Mm. I forget the model number, and it was just, I just had a 50 millimeter lens. Okay. And that's what I started going ta- downtown with and shooting with. And then I made the, you know, the infamous fisheye with the peephole. I did that whole thing where it yeah. was like, a, you could take a film canister, straight up a black film canister, you cut the cut the bottom off. You go to uh, your hardware store. This is before Home Depot, by the way, because it wasn't around. And you get the peephole, and then you put the peephole on the end. You electrical tape that, and then you electrical tape it around. And then you have to you have to focus like as much. I forget which way, but because it's not going to be totally in focus, obviously. And then you just so there's no light coming into the lens. And then yeah, that was my first fisheye. It was a fit it was a peephole with a film canister no but way. yeah from yeah from that I was that screw on that <laughs> yeah. like the ones for video i'd put it on my camera one yeah yeah with john joiner was the filmer my friend that had he had the same thing like it was it was taped on like straight and you'd up taped have like on. the black circle on the outside yep. oh like yeah it. and it was like moving it was yeah. kind of always moving yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, it was that. And then in order for me to continue to use the dark room, after I took the photography class, I remember my teacher, he liked me and he was just like, look, man, if you want access to the dark room and free film, he's like, sign up to be a photographer for the newspaper and the yearbook staff. And then he's like, you can have all the free film and dark room that you want. No way. But he's like, but you have to get a better camera. So I remember I begged and begged my, my parents and they bought me, a, it was a Minolta. Oh. I, yeah, with a pop-up flash. And so I was able to shoot all the, I had to shoot all the events at the school. So if there was a football game, a basketball game or whatever, I had to go do that with this camera. It was all black and white, dude. Everything was black and white. All the film, everything. And so that gave me access. And then, so that's what I started submitting um, to Photographiti with was that Minolta. And I had a, I somehow scored a, it was like a 24 millimeter lens. So it wasn't fisheye, but it was like wide angle. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started, photography. And then my whole, you know, then I, my dad was like, you gotta get a job. So I started working um, and saving, dude. That's what I did. I just started saving. And I, my senior year, I bought a, a and the only, and this is crazy. The only reason I bought this camera is because it was Thrasher 
photo photographer issue. You got Thrasher did a photographer issue, if you can believe it or not, in like ninety five mm-hmm. or four. And was still when Bryce Knights was there. Okay. So it was Bryce, Chris Ortiz. Do you know about this? You look shocked. I it's crazy. It was an article in the mag, like with it was Scott in the Star mag. and these yep, guys. Scott Starr. Uh-huh. Sleeper, who I later found out. Do you know who that is? No. Matt Ballard did. Oh, shit, really? That was Sleeper. All these, and I just recently found these, this out. All uh, these nicknames that people, like aliases, it was pretty... <laughs> That's Mofo what they did. Had like eight of them. Stets was it for had like to work at different magazines or something, or is that what no, they did? It was just like so it didn't look like you were doing the whole mag. Like back nah. then, people didn't care about like buffering their portfolio. Is more like we we got a whole crew, like mm-hmm. you know. So it was got like, it. Like Mofo was Mofo, Dick Knoll, Richard Knoll. There was a few. <laughs> I've heard these names. Yeah, Mar- weird. Marizen Fauche. Like he he had all kinds of. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, but but listen, so the opening spread of the article, there was a camera, mm. and it was a it was a Canon T ninety. That's what it was. I didn't know anything about cameras. You know, this is before the internet. This is like I don't know anything. Yeah, but all I knew was I had to get a camera that shot flash at two fiftieth of a second. Like right. that was mandatory, and had to be mo- like multiple expo. Like I had to be able to shoot sequences. Uh-huh. I had to have a motor drive. What, right? what was it? Three or five frames? Like what was it? It was five, five. Five. Okay. So I so I save up. I order the the camera <clears throat> from a shop in Santa Cruz. This is before. It's so hard to believe they did not have this camera in Visalia. There's there no way no in B&H. hell. No way. <laughs> so I order it like through a magazine. You know, like they had the ads in the back of the magazine. Called them, made the order. Got this camera, and then my grandma and my mom, I remember, they were like, okay, for your graduation, we're getting you one thing. We'll get, and I was just like, I need a fisheye. You know, it was like, I didn't have one. And, so, and it was so, again, Visalia, you're not going to find a fisheye lens in Visalia. You're not going to find one in Fresno. So right. they found it online, got it. So I was set, and then I got the Sun Pack. I bought a Sun Pack 544. Yep. And then I had the two, like, slaves with the little light sensor. <laughs> I still have that. The 544? Yeah, I don't think it works, but I kept, I, I have a few things that I just, I'm a hoarder. That's rad. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that, and then it was, then it was just on. That was like, and then Tom Knox was the one that told me, he's like, you have to shoot slide film. I was like, what? And he's like, you got to shoot slide film. I had no idea. Right. And that's what it all started. And shooting slide film for those, that, that was hard because your exposure has to be perfect dude there is no like yeah, ducking dodging in the dark room you know with like whatever like mm-hmm. you so that made you be you know get better a lot faster so that's what i did that's how that's how it started the the canon t90 <clears throat> and, did you uh have in, in in the early days like when you first got the fish eye did you have trouble with the focus i just put it on infinity yeah that's what i did every and, time and then, like, had like the uh, f stop, like at least five six or five, eight six. or something. Five six. Okay. I just it and just, then you were I, good. I was good. Five six, and then was just at that point, I was just mess, messing with flash power. And then mm. I had Folgers cans, uh, coffee Folgers cans. They used to the 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 lids were clear, but like a kind of like a cloudy clear. Yeah. And so what I did is I I got a few of those and I cut squares perfectly for the 544. Remember I had an adapter on the front uh-huh. for a, a diffuser and right. I had it perfect. I had two that I had taped together 
And then I had another like plastic little thing that I put and it was the perfect amount of like, I had it dialed. Well, the reason for me that that flash was so important and sick was a because Bryce and Mofo and the the big dogs were using it, right? Yeah, that's but what they had. The stance where you pull it off yep. the camera and yes. hold it, like you just yes. look cooler. Like you <laughs> yes. don't want your shit on the camera. You're like, I got it. But listen, dude, that's the one thing. Once I started working at the mag, Luke was the photo editor. He is a huge proponent of on-camera flash he doesn't do that dude oh he didn't do it okay his camera was the flash was always on camera well Luke's that was it professor i mean yes in, in luke we trust yeah he's <laughs> yeah. the best photographer he's the best skateboard photographer that ever ever when, he, when they got into hustle blods and stuff and oh then luke, luke was getting he ordered this camera from i think paris there was only five of them made in the world and it was one of those 360 degree cameras like way before any of this and luke was one of the first people with that and he would take it places and shoot photos and like figuring it out and he was so into it and it was like what the fuck is it was this yeah he was crazy that was that up my game so much mm. and going in there <clears throat> to the mag and like having to Another thing that's not talked about, or maybe it has been talked about, is film. Have you guys ever talked about the film? Mm-mm. Okay, because Thrasher uses used Kodak E100. That's what they used, right? Right. And before and then I Triax too, right? One twenty. Yeah, for black and white. For black yeah, and for, white. Yeah. yeah. But before I started getting film from Luke, I was using Fuji. Okay, Fuji Fuji Chrome. More saturated. Fuji easier to shoot uh so much easier to shoot it was more forgiving okay. so like i remember it's like my photos i had it dialed man things were looking good i was like yeah man and luke's like i'll never forget. he gave me that box of film and i remember i got home and i called tim i called everyone i go dude i have like 30 <laughs> rolls of film let's go <laughs> and like i'm shooting everything just like you know same setup you know sunny day five six whatever flash at quarter power you know whatever got it and I took that film to the mat, came back, nothing turned out. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. And I was like, what the? You know what I mean? What is going on here? Like, I'm talking nothing came out. Whoa. I called Luke. I was like, hey, man, it's Nick. So that film you gave me, I don't think it. He's like, no, man. Like, you you just didn't shoot it right, you know? And I was like, yeah, but I, same settings. He's like, no, 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 no. This film is different. You got to be like. It's got to be like on the money, dude. Right. Oh, and I was like, what? You know, and so I had to change everything. I changed everything. And that's the one thing during the day or like sunset kind of vibe, that film is incredible. But at night, it sucks. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. It's not, I don't know what it was, but it just, it, it just did not look good at night. So I just started changing everything up. I just started shooting everything in the day, like, or sunset. Well, I was taught that like at night or indoors, you just went with black and white. Huh. And at night, like you could use like the 3200 black and white and not even use a flash. Not use a flash, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes uh, for sequences or whatever. It was like, yeah, I would always push the film. I would always like. We loved a, the 3200 for some Yeah, it was so reason. grainy. It's yeah. so grainy. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was. Uh, you always had to shoot that at Burnside if you were shooting black and whites at Burnside at no flat. I would always do, I'd right. push the film to whatever and uh yeah in those low light situations you just influence somebody yeah well let's get into this uh 
favorite photos right. that you've you've taken. I, I'm really interested in to see. It looks like the list is uh, pretty obvious. Uh, the local. I had to keep it local. I had to keep it local. I know. Um, I noticed there's there's no Alan Peterson in there, right? I I tried to get him in there, and I was like, nah. I mean, I could do a ten. What about um, Ryan Johnson? You ever shoot with him? All the time, yeah. But he didn't um, make the cut. He didn't make the cut. It's fave <laughs> photos. No. I mean, almost. Okay. Well, what okay. Do, who do we want to start with? Okay, number one is Richard Piaz. That's the cover. Okay. 1999. Yeah. Um, and you again, just were in the mag just this month. Yeah. Yeah, I did. We're talking about this, right? Yeah, bro. Yeah, it's it's so amazing. Is yeah. this the same ramp that Jason skating in the photo? No, no, no. So okay. that I'll get to that story. So, okay. So where's this ramp? This is in Visalia. It was off of Ben Maddox. It was kind of the north side of town. This kid, I don't kind of remember his name. He 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 built this ramp and he just let us skate out there. And again, this is why I like these photos. That's why I kind of chose them. Is that there there is no video footage of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is not. This is just us going to the ramp, drinking some beers, and skating. Look and at his eyes. <clears throat> exactly. That's why Jake picked it. I asked him like years later. I go, why did you? It's just a nolly. You know, he's like, look at his eyes. Uh-huh. He's just like in it. He's so, it's so like literate. Cardiel, like the eyes. Look at the eyes. Yeah, right, right. So, <clears throat> so literally I shot two photos. That's it. I have, and I, I have, I shot two. So there's this one, and then there's another one, mm. and that was that was it. He did it twice, and that was it. And then I remember I got the photos back from the lab. I was in Visalia, and I just put them in an envelope, like just like a little envelope, like whatever, and just threw them in there. Didn't think much of it. I knew they looked good, and uh, whatever. And then I see Richard like a month later, and he's like, uh, "Hey, man." He's like, did you uh, send some photos of me to Thrasher? I was just like, oh, yeah, you know. I was always sending pictures. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I saw Fausto in the hallway. And uh, he just came up to me and he shook my hand. He's all, congratulations. And Richard's like, what the hell are you talking about, you know? And he just like, Fausto just walked off. And Richard's just like totally perplexed. And he's like, I don't know, man. Like, And then a couple weeks later, he's like, he went and hung out with Joey Trichet. And Joey's just like, man, congratulations. And Richard's like, what the what are you talking about here you know no one knew i was like well i don't know and then luke called me he's like you need some film and i was just like no i'm good and he's like you see the new mag yet and i said no <laughs> what you know <laughs> I'm in he's like good he, dude. <laughs> yeah he could say he said good and i said okay what the you know i'm just trying to you know back then you know once you make that decision of like i'm gonna be a photographer you're just hoping you get a couple everything you get paid you know remember it was like took months so it was like yeah three months you know you know how it was so you try to get as many pictures as you can in the mag all the time so you always get a check or whatever. Right. So I'm just like hoping like, oh, maybe I got a photo in there. You know, that's mm. what I'm thinking. And I swear to God, Richard calls me up and he goes, he goes, um, get over here to my house. He's like, come over here. He's like, I'm on the cover of Thrasher and you shot the photo. And I was like, what? You know? And I just like, I had a bike and I went to the liquor store. I got a six pack. And when his, he lived with his mom, Tina, I went over there and I'll never forget. We just walked in his room and there it was. He had two and it was just sitting on his coffee table. And we just like opened the beers up and we just stared at it. We just stared at it. <laughs> Fuck yes. Was, yeah, that, and was that the only cover you ever had? That's it. Yeah, that's it. Dude. That, that's it. And so how it, sick it, that it was kind of the first guy you started. That's what I mean. With. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what I wrote about in the book. It's like that's it's like full circle. It's like a you know, and again, I remember talking to once I was on staff and it'd been a few it'd been like 3 years since I shot that and I was like, "Man, I was like, I think I saw him at Burnside. I was drinking. I was like, Jake, I want another cover. And Jake was like, you don't want another cover. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> Just and you know one. what? But he, he was right. In, a, in in this weird, this this for, forever, this is the only one I ever had. And it's yeah. like, he, you know, it, he was right. He's right, you know. Should we go to the second one? That's what uh, Navarrete said about winning the combi. He he won it one year, and his name was up on the, uh, you know, above how they put the winners every year in the little banners. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I I only want one. Like, it, yeah. feel, it feels way special to have that one, you know? Yeah, like, he's if, right. If you're Chris Miller, get it every year. It might just be like fucking cereal or whatever, you know? Like, yeah, and then also the pressure's on. It's like if you do it all the time, then, like, you got to do it again. you got to do it again, you know? And keep thinking of different things like what could be a good cover and I, I just you know again what i love about i'm looking at it right now is just that it it was totally natural it was just we went skating that's it nothing else was there any photo incentive um like i like consolidated thunder any of these things that he's got on the oh, he got paid we went and partied yeah oh he did we got paid yeah he got paid he got paid more than i did okay. yeah hell yeah volcom volcom hooked him up i remember because oh, Vol- he had all those stickers yeah nice so yeah he we went yeah we partied dude and real quick before we go on do you know who gave him the hamburger junior nickname i think it was jason jesse yeah oh it was i think so or it was jake it was Jake or Jason? Okay, good. I'll ask I think, Jason. Well, you know Jake, Richard punched Jake in the face. You know this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Broke his glasses. Well, that was... In Europe. This was early on, you know, <laughs> very early. Because he was just fucking with him? Yeah, he said, hey, he goes, what's up, Hamburger Jr.? And Richard just turned around and went, bam. And then Richard told me he saw him the next day, and Jake's like on the vert ramp. You know, they're in Germany. Uh-huh. He's like on the vert ramp skating. He's like... He's like, yeah, Richard. And he's like, showed his glasses. And he had like tape all over him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, let's go to number two. Okay, number two is I'm trying to keep it all in like t- now that I have him. So the second one is uh, Jesse Pye, his brother. So this, this is kind this, of chronological order? Well, not timeline wise. It's, okay. This is before. This is the second photo I ever had in Thrasher. Wow. And it was my first photo that was a full it was a full page it was, it was a full page photo that looks like a, ollie into that ramp that looks like a dandra hobo board with bunnies it, fucking. Yeah, yeah it's that's the one okay yeah you got it oh. and this is right when he got on think so jesse went through a little t- period there where you know i mean he was riding for consolidated and then they gave him the boot right and he was down dude yeah you didn't see him around that much and then he was like a new dad he was a dad like really early on. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, I knew how insanely good he was, but he wouldn't seem around. And then he gets on think and then boom. Now he's like, he was, dude, he was on fire. Next thing you know, he's got an Escalade. Yeah, he had the Escalade. <laughs> he had the Escalade. <laughs> he, but dude, I'm telling you, man, like he, he would just show up at the ramp like this. And yeah, I mean, so, there's no, where, there is no video footage of this. Where, None. Is he this just was Made- skating. Is this Madeira? Where Visalia. is this? This is a Visalia. Indoors. Indoors, there was a warehouse. There was a very short-lived mail order, skate mail order. It was called SSBS. Okay. And there was a ramp out there. I worked there answering phones for a little while. Dale Blackman was like the head of shipping. He worked out there for years. Or for as long as it was around. I mean, it was around for like a year and a half or something, two years. Uh Uh-huh. But they had a ramp. 
Moon. So we'd go out there and now, that's from random I got, skate I session. Got, I got a critique. I got a critique. The Flash. Yeah. You see the Flash in the background. This, but you have to remember at this time, <laughs> it was cool to have the Flash in the background, dude. It was either have the Flash or have uh, Anthony Clarival. All Joe Brooks photos <laughs> yeah. had Anthony Clarival in the background. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> This is this is kind of again. You have to remember, like I didn't grow up around other skate photographers. You know what I mean. So like my only, you know, I'm just looking at the pictures in the magazine. I have no idea what dudes right. are doing, what settings. I have no idea. Yeah. So I thought that having your flash in the ca- in the photo was part of the thing. Uh, like that's what you wanted. You I wanted thought it. it was cool. Like sometimes making the streaks too, right? With yeah, the, yeah. With I thought it was part. Of, I go, oh, you got to have. You have to have the flash right in the background, right? You know, so that's why it's there. That's not. You can critique it all I want, but at the time, this is fine, dude. Okay. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Is that slide? Oh yeah, all uh, these. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can tell. I mean, the color, and but this is Fuji. This is ah, Fuji Chrome. This okay. isn't Kodak. But you can tell the difference. So look at the one of Richard. That's Kodak. Okay. And this is Fujichrome right here. So you can, the saturation, there's more greens in in it. Right. It's just kind of like a, I don't know. It was easier to shoot. I'll say that. Okay. Let's okay, hit. timeline. So then let's <laughs> number go. Number three. So number three's got to be, I want to do three and four at the same time, actually. Because okay, this is, these are both very special photos to me. So no rules. Jason Jesse, number three. Oh. Ollie. All right. This is But this is not in order of like the best photos. This is just kind no, of like No. These so, are some of your nine favorite and in yes. no particular order. No particular but, order. Uh, fun but, fact about this Jason Jesse photo. I have three skate photos on my wall in my house. This is one of them. Wow. Yeah. This one means a lot to me because it's how I became a staff photographer. This, oh. is, this is what did it. No so way. this, so this one of Jason and Salman, they were taken literally maybe three days apart, and you can look at them. If you look at them at the same time, they were taken probably like three days apart. Same role? Not the same role. No. Okay. So what happened? The story behind these is God. That one of Salman's good too. I love this. God. Is so it, is that Salman so Jake goes, and Visalia? No, fun. Fresno. That's so Fresno. this one, he, Salman's living in Fresno. Okay. So. So this is all with a Canon T90. Remember that, Canon T90, okay? <laughs> Luke does not know what camera I use, okay? Up until this point, he does not know. He doesn't. And so so I I go into the office and Luke goes, I mean, uh, and because I, I was living in San Jose, I moved up to San Jose. And because uh, I was like, I want to do this. I got to try to be a photographer thrasher. I got to do this. Mm. So I moved up there. I was living with Aaron Harrison. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was so fun, dude. I love San Jose. I know it gets a bad rap, but mm. I don't know. I had a lot of fun there. Anyway, yeah, I had a lot of fun, dude. Yeah. Anyway, so Jake goes, I need photos. We're doing 20th anniversary issue. Remember? Yeah. Thrasher. Mm-hmm. And this is, so this is like the year before. It's like 2000, summer maybe. He's like, I need photos of Karma. I need Salman. I need Jason Jesse. And I was just like, okay, Salman, Karma, I got it. I can do this. Jason, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I mean, he's like, he's not present, you know what I mean, at the time. <laughs> yeah. He was still at Consolidated, I think, because that's how, he had his little office up there. Uh-huh, with the snakes? But, yeah. <laughs> the snakes. 
It was very small. It was very small. Uh, uh, anyway, so so I go, Karma, we go on a mission. Karma kills it, dude. And then, so I drive to Fresno. I get Salmon, Backsmith. I think we shot something else, too. And then it was like two days later, literally, like I finally get a hold of Jason. And, he, and Jake had been calling him, too, because Jake's like, we oh. need a photo of you. And Jason's like, I don't want to do this. And so I'm calling him, and he's like, and I remember Jason was like, uh, Jake really wants me to do this, huh? And I was like, you have to do it. Like, you have to do it. And he's like, all right. So I drive out there to, I think it was like Watsonville or something. I don't remember exactly where. Uh-huh. Aptos, maybe. Yeah, maybe. It was out there. Uh-huh. We go, and, you know, I'd never really hung out with them that much, but it was a lot of fun. We drove around in some, like, ragtag truck. I don't even know how it functioned it was like the doors didn't even it was crazy <laughs> but we just drove dude i just remember laughing a lot and just being like this is so bizarre <laughs> so bizarre and we're driving driving dude through like fields and like i don't know where we're going dude and at one point i'm like he's just now he's just he's just messing with me dude we're not going even going skating and then we pull up to this house and this dude comes out He's like, what's up? And I was like, where? And he's like, all right. No, he's, Jason's like, yeah, there's something in the back, you know, whatever. And I was like, all right. And there's this huge ramp. It's all pool coping. And I'm like, what the, where the hell am I, dude? Like, I have no idea. Mm. And Jason's definitely in this mode of just like, he's just, uh, he's just like over it, you know? But I'm like, I got to get him to do this. And I'm not very good at ramp. Like, I'm, I will come out and say that I suck, but I was like, I have to skate. I'm not going to not skate. Uh-huh. So, you know, I got the coping a few times, you know, whatever it is, a couple 50-50s, and then, like, I see him, and I, he's skating, and I was like, I just got my gear out, set up, and he does a couple, like, bonk, like, frontside always on the extension and just throws his board away, and I was like, I think that'd be pretty cool, you know, if you want to, he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, just, you know, I was trying to make it as easy as I could for him, because mm-hmm. he definitely seemed like he was in, like, a, a funk, mm. and I was like, I go, man, it looks great. Let's do it. And I just put my little, all I did is I put my little slave flash in the corner on the deck with the light thing, you know, the light sensor, uh-huh. just sitting over there. Nothing fancy. Had the Canon T90 <laughs> off camera flash, holding it up in the air mm. above the head. And he probably did maybe five or six. And it was like, I'll never forget how quiet it was. It was sure. like, he doesn't hit his tail. Just kind of like, boom. And then it's back in. And he and sucks it, it up. Yeah. It's mm. a weird like, boom. And then, yeah. boom. And I just remember getting down in there. you know. And again, I was just trying to make it as easy as possible for him. And I he did five or six. And he was, and you know, when he lands, he's just, he's just like, you know what I mean? And he hits the cup. And then, boom. And it's, it's really amazing to watch, man. It and, is. And, it, and then we were done. We were, I was like, I got it. I, I think I got it. He's like, we're done? Cool. Let's go. Let's go. And then we just got his truck. And, you know, he was just funny, you know. And then dropped me off of my truck and I shook his hand. And, you know, I didn't, I remember thinking like I was just, because I was really nervous too, you know, like when you're, Jake's like, we need this. Right. And so I th- I'm i like thinking like, I mean, it's a frontside Ollie on a mini ramp, you know, like, mm. I mean, I guess it's okay, but I got him to do it. And I just drove home. And the next morning I woke up and I had the film of Karma film of Salman and the film of I hadn't seen the pictures yeah just the rolls and I just went and I just put them on Luke's desk and I said there, that's it I go that's Karma that's Salman that's Jason Jesse and Jake's like 
shook my hand. He's like, all right, you know, whatever. And then I went and I probably hung out with Karma or something. And mm. I went back to San Jose next day. You know, a couple of days go by. I remember, they, they got to process the film. It takes a minute. Yeah. And so then, <clears throat> this is a true story. Like, he, uh, it's the same thing, like you were saying, 6.30 in the morning, 7 in the morning. You know, ting, my landline phone in my little room in San Jose. Mm. And I'm like, what the f-? And I get off my little bed and I go over. I'm like, hello? And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, Jake? He's like, get to the mag now. He's like, get in here now. And I was just like, what? Okay. You know, he's like, just get, and you know, famous like click. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm just thinking like, okay, I'm in trouble. You know, like they got the film back and something, you know. So I jump in the shower, get my pickup. And, you know, it's like 40 minute drive you know, on the 280 or whatever up. Yeah. Smoking. I probably smoked a pack of cigarettes on the way there. Like, so nervous, man. Anyway, get in there, walk up the stairs, see him down the hallway. He points at me. Jay, he points at me and he goes, he just motions like this, get over here. I go down there and they just installed that little light board out in the middle. Do you remember the light? Because there used to be a light box in Luke's station to Mm -hmm. look at photos. So they put a light table out there. Yeah. And usually I had to go in and cut the film up. I would have to cut everything up and sleeve it, and then I would go through it. I look on the light table, and there's four or five neg. They're already cut up. They're putting it, and there's red boxes. And I was like, what the? And he pulls one out, puts it on the thing, and he goes, that would have been the cover if we hadn't just given you one a couple months ago. And I was like, what? And it was Jason Jesse, Frontside Ollie. And I remember just looking down in the loop, and I was like, oh, my God. That looks insane, you know? And then there's and then there's the one of Salmon right there, all right there. Oh. And then Jake goes, we're putting you on staff today. Because it kind of looks like the Richard Pius. It's a fish That's what eye, I mean. it's a yeah. ramp. Like, I get that. That's why it was just like. What they like goes, to call w- the guy in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect, yeah. Yeah. And so that was, that was the day he put me on. I was a staff photographer that day. And then they gave me a check for... I'd done, because I was broke, dude. I was just, you know, you know, you remember? Yeah. You're just trying to like, uh-huh. and they sent, gave me a check for like three months of photos I'd done. They put me on staff that day. And I was emotional. It was, I was emotional, dude. I was like, that's it. I'm on. And so that's what those, both of those photos mean to me. The one of Jason is insane. Yeah. And then later I was like, when I moved to LA, I was like, literally like, I don't even have this photo. I was getting bearings or wheels at a skate shop and I saw the Ramp Plans book. I had no idea that it was on the cover. I had no idea. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) it did get the cover. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. That was a a special day, man. Special day. Okay. So sorry, I'm probably taking too long. No, not at all. And then we got to go to Dale. All right. Blackman. Blackman. With the Visalia shirt. Okay. Back Smith. Yep. This was for now. This is I'm going off course here. This is before. This is at the same place Jesse had the cover. Yep, same place. Okay, got it. This this is gonna. I'm like changing the the vibe here. This ran and slapped, dude. Ooh, yeah. Is this was this your demise? 
No. Okay. There was no demise of you me. You got a no photo demise. slap. You're out of here. This is I before. told you don't go downstairs. This is before <laughs> I met him. This is before. Oh, oh this shit. Is befo- okay. Yeah, the one of Jesse awing in, that's before I met Jake. I'd never met him before. Got it. This one of Dale, never met him. Uh-huh. Never met Jake, okay? So I'm in the clear here, dude. Okay. Okay? I had not gotten any. This is Fuji Chrome. This is Fuji Chrome. Well, this is a tight-ass Visalia shirt. It is one of my favorite photos because of that. It's just it just spells out like, but that's Dale and Dale's a legend of I sell you, man. He's got to be in one of my favorite photos. He has to be. Yeah. Well, and this was a full page and slap. It was a, I did like a little Visalia article. Lance ran it and it was rad. Okay. Hell yeah. Okay, so let's go. Uh, okay, now we gotta get to karma. Ooh, big snaps. Yep. This is a huge one for me, too, because Karma was going through. A, we were on tour. It was a U.S. tour. Uh-huh. And now this is post-Canon T90. Now we can move into post-Canon T90 because Luke Ogden finds out that I have a Canon T90, and he, he got mad at me. <laughs> he goes, what are you doing? Because... <laughs> You have to remember, dude, I grew up in Visalia. I don't know what can, a Nikon. I don't know. I don't. I don't. So Luke's like, I shot some sequences of Caswell's for the Caswell Berry interview. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And they ran all my sequences. And he's like, man, these are great. He's like, but he's like, Nick, you, you need new batteries. You, you have to put new batteries in your motor drive. Every time you're going to like shoot sequences, it's got to be as fast as possible. Uh-huh. I was like, I do, man, I do. And Luke was like, well, what camera are you using? I go, it's a Canon T90. He goes, What? <laughs> The what? <laughs> like oh. pissed. I'd never seen him pissed. <laughs> he was mad, dude. He's like, you, oh, oh my. And I was, he, he, and so here's what he did. Straight up. He's like, no. He, and this is right when he got into the Hasselblad, you know, medium format game. Uh-huh. He goes, he gave me, he's like, I'm gonna let you borrow. It was a Nikon F5. He's like, I'm gonna let you borrow this. And I was like, what is what is this? You know what I mean? And he's just like, this is, he's like, but you need to go buy a fisheye. So I went and got a fisheye with Jai Tanju. I went with Jai. I was like, I got to get a fisheye. And he was trying to get me one of the, he's like, you got to get the cheap one. And I was like, nope. If Luke's giving, I got to go all in. I got to get the Nikon fisheye, yeah. which was, it blew my whole check. It was like, screw it. Yeah. But dude, then this is the game changed. Like this photo of Karma, like the clarity, it's just a different image to me when I look at it. It's so like. This is shot on a Nikon? This is a Nikon F5, yeah. Oh, the F5 was the staple, right? That was the staple. Yeah. And so that's what it shot on. This is in Minneapolis. Ah. It was on tour, a consolidated U.S. tour. What's so rad about this photo is that you don't see in the picture. It's just Karma was like he had bone spurs in his foot, in his ankle. He had to have surgery, man. Yeah. Oh, shit. After this tour. So every time he'd go skate, dude, his foot would like balloon, like so gigantic like that whole tour he had ice bags mm. on his feet it was just him and alan and so alan peterson was basically like drinking like vodka like sh- those smirnoff drinks mm-hmm. to get him through this he was like drinking smirnoff and drinking like and taking i don't know what like i think it was like percocet some crazy pill like pain pills these dudes were like in pain dude these guys were and they were like maybe 30 think about that oh you know what i mean yeah they're having to do. We're doing demos every day, and so anyway, the one of Karma, that's an F five, and it just means a lot to me. I, I don't know. He's Karma's a really good friend, man, and 
That's just one of my favorite photos of all time. It's just I like so it. sick. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. I got the flash up. I, I think Steve Nesser was holding the flash Ooh. up top. All right. Yep. Steve Shout took a Shout out to Familia. Yeah. All right. So I think it was either Steve or Seth. Someone was holding the flash over here, and then I had the other flash. So it's just two flashes. And I think Karma might have done it two or three times. This is actually on film. It, it's, it is on film. But uh, this was a big deal, man. He did this. He was flying down that hill. Oh, that's, that's a sick, sick one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm going on and on and on. Huh? Oh, this is good. Okay. Next one is Tim Garner, who is. Do you know Tim? Of course. Raggy? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. One of my. This was my roommate for years, right when I graduated high school. I've, I have more photos of Tim than anybody. Tim, um, um, I hope this isn't a, a, di a diss, um, but to me, Tim, and he, like, when you look at Tim, you're like, that's what Vicelli is. Yep, he nailed it. He's just like that dude, like, yep. a little cowboy, a little rugged, fucking <laughs> probably some chew, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And a cigarette, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's fucking a badass skater, like, for sure. Yeah, he was... Um, Wherever you uh, are, Tim, I haven't seen you in probably twenty years, but uh, big ups. Yeah, I just talked to him. He's he's good, man. He's all right. Okay. It's just he, he. I wish more things, good things happen to him. It just it breaks my heart. He, yeah, you you just nailed it, man. He he encompassed Visalia like one hundred percent. It's crazy. This full pipe. Where was this? This is in Fresno. Alan Peterson took us there. Yeah, looks so middle of the night. Perfect. Well, how big it, was it? You think like fifteen? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, 15? Yeah, 14? Okay. Looks good. So Jai, I was like, I can't afford a Nikon F5. And so Jai had Thomas Campbell's old camera, which was a Nikon F4. Okay. That didn't work. It didn't work. And Jai's like, I'm going to give you this camera. But he's like, if, and whatever it costs to fix, I don't know how much it's going to cost, but if you ever need to get rid of this, you, you can't sell it. You have to give it back to me. You know? I was like, okay, deal. Took it to a shop and it cost like three hundred fifty bucks to fix, and so that was my camera, which I still have. Thomas Campbell's old camera, and this is what was shot on a Nikon F four. What do you think the if if you remember or, or guesstimate, what are we talking shutter speed and f stop on this one? Oh wow, it's, definitely gonna go f six. I mean five six, five, which six. was just standard because there's a little bit of movement in the grass. Thirtieth, because the, there's yeah thirtieth, fifteenth. All Maybe right. 15th of a second. Right. No tripod. I love this photo so much because this was at, I feel like I was at the, I'd hate to say this word, but the pinnacle of like my photography. I was really seeing it. I could, like this picture turned out exactly how I imagined it in my head. That's like cool. I was like, I, I was like, I need to catch him in between those two bars. Uh -huh. See how those two bars are? I need to get him in there. Yeah. I need to light up the rest of the tube. Uh -huh. So I had the flash over there. And I need to have no shadows on him because Luke was big on that. No shadows. He's oh, like, no. Man. Yeah. Oh, dude. Hey, Bro. how many times did Luke go to Glory Hole with Alan Peterson for that cover photo? I I went with I went there with them for the, for the cover. I was there. They um, they went at three least times? three times. Yeah, I'm gonna say three times. We yeah. rode out there. He was so Ro hyped yeah. on getting the flash rings. Yeah, oh my god. It came out sick. Right. Though. Yeah. It sounded amazing. It was I mean, it looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a whole that was a mission, I remember. All right. Yeah. So wait, we got two more or one more? Let me see here. One, two, Is three, four, it? five, six. No, you got Tom Knox still. Okay, so I gotta do Tom. I mean I mean there's no real Is this uh, a vagabond? No way. No, this is the Ghost Bowl, which is in Visalia. Ah. So after you know, after I'd 
quit Thrasher. I was like doing music, and after like a year and a half or two, it was not you know was not really working out great. So obviously, I picked up the camera again and was shooting. And this is one of them. This is F four Nikon F four. Okay. Uh, this is at the Ghost Bowl. We got a Madonna. I just love this photo. Yeah, it's a Madonna. It was. It's a Madonna, and I, I, This was never printed. This was never printed anywhere, because Luke and the whole crew came, and he did. He shot a photo of Tom, and they ran it. Uh, okay. And I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> when I heard they were like Luke's in town, I was like, oh no, my photo's not gonna get Don't used. Don't take him to the pool. And they went. <laughs> yeah. They went. So I don't know. I mean, there's no real. Was, great backstory with that it's just one of i just love that photo and does, it's tom I, does tom knock smoke weed or did he at this time no 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 his no, no. eyes are pretty blazed yeah no that's no, just not at all. that's just typical tom yeah like yeah i, I see what you're saying is he yeah. is he in kickbox form yet or in a band what 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 era he's like tom a Knox? he's oh he's in a band at this point he's in a band he's i know he's not really doing like the, rockabilly what was the band yeah 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 he's playing drums okay for them He's not in the uh, jujitsu yet, but yeah, he's doing that. And he's the Santa Cruz has started back up. And they're giving him like a legend like board. Yeah, so okay. he's hyped. I went out with him a few times. He was hyped and Brad. I don't know. It was I. I had to put him in there as my top nine because it's just you know he really helped me out in the beginning, man. Tom Knox is shout out to Tom Knox, bro. Shout he, out, he, hell yeah. And if you're legend, listening, man. Tom, we're down. <laughs> Come on to the podcast, my friend. Let's go. Yeah. Um, sick, dude. That was a first for me. Running through. I like this. I think it's a good one. I want to get more photographers and do little like backgrounds on their photos. Yeah, that you should, fun. man. That you was know, I, fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, would you consider yourself more inspired by Diane Arbus or Ansel Adams? <sighs> Are you more of like a people portrait guy or more of an outdoor nature guy? Oh, people portraits. Like outside of skateboarding, you know? Yeah, portraits. portraits. But again, I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, no people, people. Mm -hmm. Whoever you said the first one, I don't. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar. Diane Arbus, you should check yeah. her out. She's great. Yeah, more, way more. Like my favorite photographer as a kid was Tobin. That was the, uh, my, that was my favorite photographer, and it was like you just got that feeling like you were there with these dudes. And he shot my favorite skaters. Right? He's like shooting. You're the best. So you're like, this is the best dude. But then start working at the mag. Seeing Luke's photos you right next to yours, that you're Tobin like, learned Whoa. from this guy right. named Every, Luke. Yeah, everything. Yeah, <laughs> but they all like you know understudied Bryce. It's just the the lineage is the funniest thing for me is I interviewed Mofo and it just still to this day echoes in my ear that he's just like I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Just like you're saying, right. he's like I got a camera and I just started pointing it and shooting yep. photos. Like I didn't know what f stop to use. I didn't know nobody had done. No one was telling me anything. So he's right. like, I kind of just learned in the process. Like, and a lot of us have done that. There's no right or wrong. It's skateboarding. That's it. It's the only way to do it. I think it's the same thing with music. This music is the same thing. It's like I, you get a four track and you're just like, I don't know. Whoa. What's this micro? What's it? What's this microphone do? I don't know. You know, I think that's why like one of my pet peeves is I can see formulas and things that people do. And, and it, it bugs me. Like if you say every time, like, moving forward blah 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 and you just start these things in my head i'm like you don't even know what you're saying you're just like telling me this because you learned it in college or some right study and, and that's ha sadly that's happening a lot in art now and music and stuff i'm it, seeing is like yeah so it, when photography came everybody's like 
oh, I want to be like Gabe Morfer. And you're like, dude, there's already a Gabe Morfer. Right. From NorCal legend. He's great. But if you're yeah. trying to be him, it's just a secondary Gabe Morfer. Mm -hmm. You got to be the best you. Yeah. And take some of it. what he did. Like, you know, everybody takes a little bit of this and that. And mm -hmm. They have their own salad, you know? People figure out what they like. They don't know why. Right, you got so, it. You nailed it. That's what I would encourage people to do. Not try to like be the next Jason Hernandez or Ty Evans or Luke Ogden or whoever. It's like take these people, see what they're doing, get stoked on what it is that they are doing, and then make your own. You know, figure out who you are and get your idea. Yeah, you nailed it. And who's that? Strobeck is the guy. It's like every, once his video came out, it's like everyone's doing this right. same now long lens thing. Right now, zooming in onto the yeah. face. It's like I was like, oh no, here we go. The same thing happens in music, man. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. But you know what? It's so interesting that you say that because that you just kind of nailed my feeling of why I started, why I decided to just be like, I want to do music because I felt like I had more of a voice or something that way whereas like i saw luke's photos every day and i was like my god and yeah gabe like lance dawes you know atiba jesus his photos they're insane you know and i'm just like right what am i gonna do like how am i you know and but with music i just felt like more of a it made more sense to me it made more sense like that i could have my own voice in this like thing over here you know what i mean absolutely um let's get into the music uh when did you did when did you you said you were in high school doing stuff but like what was your first band oh the first band i was in was was called out of tune okay it was eighth grade it was eighth grade i was the drummer we just played instrumental songs locals in visalia oh yeah local yeah okay eighth grade and then then i was in this is i was in a ska band dude in high school yes I was, we were pretty good, dude. Like, we were pretty good. We, opened, we opened up for, for the madness. specials. Oh, the yeah, we opened, no yeah. way. Yeah, in Fresno. Okay. And uh, this band called Let's Go Bowling. We used to open for them. I've heard of them. Yeah. We were good, dude. I'm not, we had a horn and, section. And you played drums? I played drums and I stole the horn players from the jazz band. I was like, because they were all kind of, you know, no offense, they were dorks. And I was like, you want to come in and hang out and smoke cigs and drink some beer over here? And they're like, yeah. And so <laughs> I like conformed these guys to like, you know. Yeah. Be, you know, we were kind of like troublemakers and we were good. We were, we, I'm no, no exaggeration, man. We were, we were good, dude. But we had a van and everything and I wanted to like hit the road. Like, let's go, you know. And everyone wanted to stay around town and. That's when I was. I just moved away. I was like, well, and then the band just. But that's when I got a four track. That's when that whole thing started. When did you get a four track in was, high school? No, right after high school. Okay, I was probably nineteen, and I think and so twenty. That's when you kind of started focusing on trying to learn how to play every instrument. So, oh yeah, so it you was, could I was, create your own. I, music. Yeah, I became obsessed. I became obsessed. It was uh, because I grew up playing drums and. When you're a drummer, people just want to jam. You know what I mean? They just yeah. want to like, let's jam, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. And at first you're just like, and you play a song for like 20 minutes and just listen to some hack on like, like learning how to play guitar, like do solos. You're just like, I'm over this, dude. Like mm. I want to start and a finish, you know? Yeah. And so that's how it started. It was like, I'm just going to teach myself how to play everything else, you know? And it wasn't like, like you were saying, like, like I'm going to go on this you know, on this book and learn how to do this. It was literally like, I hear a song in my head. I need to, in order to make that song, I need to learn how to do these things. And it was just like figuring it out, like straight up. Like I yeah. knew chords 
and it came from that. But the biggest key to all of it was the piano. That was the one thing I was like, I gotta learn that. And so that I, you know, this. I mean, I bought my first piano from Thrasher. What? Yeah, I did, did not it? know that. Yes. Was it from Ryan Henry? No, it was. I walk it, it was from Fausto, man. I bought it from Fausto. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, that's. Cool. I Do you walk, still have it? No, uh. sadly, it fell apart. And I gave it to this other band, who's actually like a really big band now, because uh. they needed it like years ago. I had no more room for it. And it's, but it might still exist. It was tiny. It was like 52 keys. So it was like you could pick it up, but it still had real strings. It was a real piano, dude. No way. And I walk in, I walk into the lobby. And this is when I was like, and Jake doesn't know I play music, dude. And I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. But I, so I'm coming in like hungover. I would stay up so late, like four tracking in my room. So I come in, I walk in the lobby, and there's this little piano against the wall. And I was like, what the? And I play it, and I go, and Mark Whiteley comes out of the room. I was like, what's up, Mark? I go, whose piano is this? He's like, I don't know. I'm thinking the same thing. And he's like, "I'm, you know, looks kind of cool. I kind of want it. And I was just like, I just remember going, no, this is mine. Who's, I'm getting this piano. <laughs> so I immediately just like, I ran up the stairs. I was trying to be cool, but I was like, I have to get that piano. Like, I have to get it. And so the secretary, I can't remember who was there, who worked there at the time. And I was just like, whose piano is that? And she's like, I don't know. And I asked someone else, and someone was like, I think it's Fausto's piano. And I was like, okay, I've never, I've never met, I've never met him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I go, and I knock on every door, and I finally get down there. I said, Jake. He's like, where, you know, where's the, you know, and I go, whose piano is that? And he's like, piano, who, you know, who fucking cares about a piano, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, who's is he? I think he's probably Fausto's or whatever. And I go, where's his office? And Jake looks at me like, what? You know, what the, f what are you doing? <laughs> I go, just tell me where it is. And I just go back there and I just knock on the door. He's like, come on in. I go in there and there he is. And I was like, uh, is that your piano down there? He's like, it is. It was, it was for my kid, my son. I want him to learn piano. He doesn't want to play it. And I was like, I want it. I want that. Is it Tony? I think it might be Tony's yeah, piano. Tony. Wow. I I go, uh, um, I want that piano. I'd, I'd love to have it, you know? He's like, well, how much you want to give? How much money? And I go, I'll give you a hundred bucks. He's like, deal. And I swear to God, I ran out of there. To you know, This is before, AT, you know, I had to go get cash out of the ATM, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Jake's like, where are you going? And I, I'm gone, dude. <laughs> This fucking guy is playing a piano now. Yeah, a piano. <laughs> so I get in my pickup and I'm, I'm like looking for get the ATM, get the money, come back. I'm back in there, like, because I know Mark Whiteley's like wants this, and oh, I'm like, okay, this yeah. dude, no, this guy's not getting this thing. Uh huh. So I go <laughs> and I knock on the door and I, you know, I go here you go, and he gave me a whole story about the piano. He was like, this I bought this off a guy that was a street player in New York City. And he would like, because you could pick it up, had two handles on it. Wow. It, you needed kind of two people, but so anyway, I swear to God, like, Dude, that I shook his hand and he's just like, uh, told me a little story. And I go, okay, I'm out of here. And I get Luke. I go, Luke, can you help me get this in the back of my pickup? And he's like, yeah. And Jake's like, what the fuck? And I was like, see ya. And I just like took it home. I just, I put it in the back and that was it. And I just taught myself how to like, Play piano or record a whole album with that thing, dude, on a four track. No way. So, yeah. so learning the piano was key. Key, dude. Key. Did it, it helped like, you understand music? Why was it key? 
because I think I grew up playing drums and it's such a piano is a very percussive instrument so playing the guitar is rough dude it's hard like there's so many strings to make a chord but when you're all you need to do is like find the root note on your left hand the bass and then pick out the chord on the right and then it just it it just opened everything up it was that was a game changer getting the piano game i've changer. never even i don't know what the hell i'm doing on a keyboard, it's not as hard as you but think i That's see what people th- sit down like axel rose and he's just like singing and going like this i'm like is he really playing like it seems yeah harder it than second, he's making it look yeah it becomes second nature because again it's so percussive it's like you're playing the beat so it's kind of like you're uh, so it's it all kind one of, thing it is almost like drums where you're like doing yep. a, a rhythm with one hand and like filling in the with the other mm-hmm. interesting so yeah that was the game that was the that was the game changer and, and did you end up playing with karma at all in am magic yeah yeah i played then i had okay and then i bought a Rhodes piano off chris pastures oh shit yeah for 150 bucks which is insane uh-huh and uh started playing that with am magic and that that's that experience was insane too because then i learned i learned how to play the piano i was just like the side guy bass so it was so you played, karma and doug sands right doug sands and mike alexis Michael. karma's roommate uh-huh and so we we played out a lot in sf dude yeah it's it not yeah, like uh hotel utah yeah i used to play there yeah karma would drink he would get <laughs> he'd get but it was a lot of fun dude and but i i learned uh that's how i basically learned how to start playing all the instruments and then i would just go home and just like I just became obsessed, you know, and I just felt way more comfortable making music than I did with photos, if oh, that makes any sense. Yeah. It's just kind of like, like you said, that that really made sense. It's like, you don't want to be another Gabe, Morford, or Luke. It's like, you kind of find your own voice. And I just, music just made way more sense to me. It was like, who, no, I'm doing who this. Who were like some of your big influences at that time? Like, who were you listening the music? to? Yeah. I was listening to a ton of Built to Spill. Uh, Modest Mouse ton- or no? Yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. Radiohead, a ton of Radiohead, dude. But built this uh, was Doug Marsh, big one. Oh yeah, okay. big time. Mm-hmm. I was like, a, yeah, big time. Again, Quasi was another one. Mm. I don't know if you ever listened. Quasi was a big one. That watching them play changed my life. And then, uh, oh, Pavement, of course. But then, like, the, I got when I started making my own music, I got way more into like David Bowie, ah. the Beatles. Can't help it. Yeah. And then like kind of obscure stuff like this is gonna sound weird but there was some like peter gabriel solo records wow. i started listening to like solo artists okay and that's what kind of started the whole, and then john lennon's plastic ono band was kind of on non-stop rotation for me sick you, that was the beginning okay paul simon or leonard cohen paul simon sorry paul simon huh all right yeah okay sorry no that's fine that's fine i was i was a little um Okay, so when when's like kind of when when's your first solo project? So during that whole like all two thousand one, I start making. Um, I basically started going out a lot more to watch bands. Like we just got really into like watching bands, and I just remember going to the bottom of the hill a lot and just being like, I think I could. And there was a lot of solo acts at that time, like dudes coming out with like just under their own name, not like a band. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, like, I think, I think I could do this. I could see you doing this. I think I could do this. And so I started making tapes of my four track stuff. And I remember like driving around, like going to shoot photos with, like Caswell, 
all the dudes in San Jose and like I would be like, Hey, what do you guys what do you think of this? Tate, what do you think? Like Caswell Barry, you know? Yeah. Before he was like toy machine, you know, he was still like the kid, you know, he yeah. just cut off his ponytail. ponytail. <laughs> just right after he'd cut it off. Okay. So But yeah, and they were like, dude, this is rad. They were like, This is rad and then I would give tapes to Karma and them and and I just started like and then I gave it tape, I think it was to Jeff Clint and he had that his own label called oh, Future Farmer. Right. And they were like, I remember I saw his this uh, the other dude Dennis at a um, show at Bottom of the Hill, and he goes, "Man, we've really been digging this your album." I was like, "Rad, you know." And they're like, "If you recorded re-recorded this album on like high, higher fidelity, he's like, we put it out." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "We'll put it out," and I just went, "It's on," and I just like called my buddy in Visalia and. He had access to like a 16 track half inch machine and i was like here's the deal man like i want to make this out and so i just went there for like three weeks or a month and i made this record i play every all the instruments everything uh -huh. all the songs did it i just redid what i did on the four track right and i was like that's it i'm gonna do this i don't want to i'm done i want to I do music and so like I had the, I finished it and I drove, and I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. We finished it. I'd stayed up all night in Visalia. Jake's calling. He found out where I was staying. He's calling. He's like, Where are you? Where are you? Uh, those and so, phone calls would scare the shit out of me. I'd yep. see his phone number. I'd be like, What'd I do? Yep. So I drive through the like through the morning like we I was up all night through the morning mixing the album and it was finished I had like three copies on CDs three CDs with it and I drove straight and I'm not exaggerating I drove straight to Thrasher I got there at like seven in the morning Jake's the only one there yeah there's no one there's like a couple people like in the office and he, he goes what the you know he's looking at me I just walked right in and sat on the couch it's like seven he's like what the he's like we're giving you the juice He's like, you go, he's like, he goes, you're, you're going on tour with real. I said, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I quit. He's like, what the, f what? <laughs> I said, I want to do music, man. I just made a record. This record label's going to put it out. And this is what I'm going to do. And he was like, what? You play music? <laughs> And you got Fausto's piano? What is going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> Holy and he, shit. And he, you know what? He was the coolest. It, he was just like, all right. He goes, okay. And he's just like, we don't have any beef with you. You don't have any beef with us. And I said, no, man. He's like, you're paid right for the month. I said, yeah. I go, that's it. He's like, he, he like came over and shook my hand and he like walked me out and he like told everyone in the office, he's all free to a record deal. Free's got a record deal. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dude, that was it. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And so you just dove in. You've been doing you've been doing like Ever since. so much yeah. crazy stuff. Like it seems like you got a good I mean, we love using the instrumental songs that you do. You've been doing, Amazing. Yeah. Like having that stuff and then you've worked with uh did you work with uh like some stuff in hollywood i do a lot of stuff like, like what i I basically do music for commercials for and commercial? tv shows that's what i do really that's what i do and that's what i do like, that? i'm like literally when i get off the phone i got I'm doing a commercial for fan duel right now fan duel 
FanDuel. How stressful <laughs> is do. that? Is it is it stressful or it's, is it easy? It's stressful because it's not guaranteed. You know, it's like you're just you get these. I work for a few different companies, and they send you the commercial or they'll send you a clip so from the TV show. So you're scoring something that's yeah. already been done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes like you you spend a day doing it and you don't hear anything back and you didn't get it or you're in where, where I'm at where it's you're in the final stages like they picked my track and they I'm doing all these revisions to it I've Fine cut it down tune. to 15 seconds yeah like it's but the back and forth is insane and so I'm like at the final stage you know it's like I have to they want me to add a couple bells or something at can the you beginning. add like <laughs> a bird in this right there yeah right right <laughs> well there's not it's not like it's well it has to be all music it's all musical it's not oh, like okay. after effect kind of stuff but oh. um but yeah that i've done i do that i've done um i've i mean i have hundreds upon hundreds of tracks dude that have are in on tv shows right now like i work for like the show called teen mom you ever heard of that show uh-huh. yeah like like i have hundreds upon hundreds of songs in those shows because everything like just, needs rights from yeah and it's yes and when you so I hooked up with these supervisors and libraries, mainly libraries, and these shows they don't have enough money to pay you know some gigantic band, mm-hmm. so they hire someone like me, and they were like, "We need ten songs that sound like this, or you know five songs that sound like this, and so I get hired, they pay me a little bit of money up front, and then I keep the publishing, and so anytime it airs on t v I get paid. That's, and you have it, yeah. And that's just, I've been doing it for 10 years now, straight, like and, straight up. And dude. it's not like working at a pizzeria and not being no. able to eat pizza. You you still love it. I, yeah. Like yeah, you come do. home from doing that and you want to make more music. Yeah. Well, what it, I mean, it is a little soul sucking, I would say, uh. but it makes me want to, what it does is it makes me want to make my own music. Oh, okay. That's what it does. I, I, so I get you. Yep. It propels you to, you know, like, it, and uh, the cool thing is, is it it actually gets a lot of the crap out because then when you do sit down and write your own stuff, like you've, you know, I'm using chords I never would have, you know, that's what's cool about it is that it, they send me a scene from a TV show or a commercial. And it's like the music I would make for that, I would never make on my own. Oh. That would never happen, you know? Uh-huh. So it, it opens your like to different chords on the piano or the synthesizers or whatever. And you're just like, and then you just in turn kind of like. Start when you sit down and start writing your own stuff. You're like, oh, what if I, you know, you just your finger positions on the piano, just things start changing, and it's really been, you know, it's really worked well for me in the past decade or so. The first ten years I did. I mean, I've been doing this for twenty years now, man. Like straight up, like if you if you sit down, what's your go to? Do you go straight to a G? Do you go D? Like a B flat? Like what are we starting with? Weird. I've been really into D, but like not like a straight D. It's like I'm looking at a piano right now. It's like D. D sharp. No, it's a D. The root chord's a D, but okay. then it's like having a lot of chords hanging and like notes hanging over it, like uh, having it, like having an A over the D, or like having learning how chords. You can mix G, a G and a C together. Sorry, I'm like looking at the piano right now. Like there's notes that hang over. Okay. You know what I mean? Nice. I've never taken theory, which is sometimes I'm like I should have, but what I have learned it just by sitting here and notes it creates a, a mood, you know? Like that's another thing. It's like just it's all about creating moods and and 
what I do. And I, <clears throat> I mean, looking at your studio, that it's very analog. What do you feel about the digital world? Like doing, I like, hate digital. You, you I hate it. You, but you don't play with it at all, like garage I, only band for work. Or any of that stuff. No, I mean everything's in Pro Tools. Pro Tools. I mean everything's in Pro well, Tools. yeah, but for work, I mean, and and it's all a lot of virtual instruments in for work. Okay. I still use real drums. I never use fake drums. It's uh, always real drums. Good. That's why they're they're mic'd. They're ready to go. Nice. But yeah, I. Anytime, like I got to work on this TV show a couple years ago, and it was so rad because I tried to try out for it, which was insane. <laughs> and it was like, bad. It was like it was crazy, dude. But then he called me. He's like, "You got it." And I went to his studio, and it was like, um, we only use analog stuff, you know. And I was like, "Yes." And so, and it's, it, you know, it, I try to incorporate some type of analog thing on anything, even if it's a commercial. I do because it can just start. You know, if it's all digital, it really you can hear it. It's it's kind of empty, you know. Right. Okay. Um, and what about Connor Oberst? We gotta talk about that. What how no, how did you guys meet? Like that's an insane story. That's a whole other podcast, man. I mean, it, that's like a it, it's truly another podcast all in itself. Wow. Because that was again, what's rad if I do I mean, there's been a lot of times where I was, I've been down and out, man. I mean, truly. And for it that's just part of it. But everything that's happened for me has really come naturally. Like I didn't like try to be in his band or try to meet the guy. It was like I was on tour playing guitar for my friend Jim Fairchild. He had a band. This is like oh seven. Uh-huh. And uh it's when I started playing with people. I'd never thought about it. And people started asking me, Would you like to play? And I was like, sure, and they'll pay you a couple bucks every week. And that's why I was like, I'm gonna do this. And last show of the tour was in Omaha, last show. And I always carried CDs, my own CDs in my pocket, always. So there was like a late night pass the guitar around, kind of like four in the morning at someone's house after the show. And I was like, right. and I played a song. And this guy comes up to me, he's like, man, you got any CDs? I was like, you got it. And I just like reached in my pocket, you know, like a bit, here. And then we went and stayed at his house, which was like a mansion. It was like huge to me. It was like this huge place. It wasn't really a mansion, but it was a big house. I was like, where the, where the fuck am I, you know? And then I had an airplane flight at six in the morning. I like woke up. I slept for like two hours, got in a taxi, and flew home. The tour was done. Whatever. That was fun. Got paid a couple hundred bucks, whatever. Paid the rent. And then like a week later, uh, Jim Fairchild uh, emails me. He's like, hey, man, um, Connor, this guy Connor Oberst, you were to Bright Eyes. I was like, yeah. He's like, he, he's wondering, can he can he have your email? I was like, why? He's like, well, you that those CDs you gave that dude, that's Connor's cousin, and uh, he really dug what your stuff. And he gave it to him. I was like, what? Okay. And so, like a couple days later, I get an email. It's from it's from Connor Oberst, literally, and he's like, I've been digging your CDs, and Bright Eyes is going on tour. He's like, you want to open up? the tour we're doing a west coast tour and i was just like <laughs> what like literally i went and knocked on my uh, roommate's door i said come read this is this like what is this is that is that real so you did a whole west coast tour opening for him so i did a whole west coast opening for him solo he was i said i have no band i mean i was getting paid 100 bucks a night you know it's like you don't you're not making a lot of money and he's like that's fine and i went and rode on their bus <laughs> Yeah, dude. Are, like, are was, you nervous at all? Like, oh, are you kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> That's what I'm, like, well, dude, I'd never played in front. Of, like, I'd played in front of maybe like 200 people before. Yeah, I walked out. It was Denver. I first show was in Denver. I fly out there. Like, what size venue are they playing? Like, Fillmore size or bigger? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all Fillmore. Yeah, yeah. that size. Okay. Yeah, and so 
I walk out there. I mean, it's packed. Denver, and I'm by with my guitar, dude. With my guitar. You got jokes. And I, I have nowadays. I have tons of jokes. <laughs> but I'd been. I mean, I always played. I was, you know, I played solo a lot. I, you know, and I went out there and like it, you know, no, but like it, I, I did really well. Nice. You know, people loved it. And Connor was, I remember he was sitting on the side stage and he was just like, gave me a huge hug. He's like, man, that was awesome. And I was like, what is going on here? You know, like, yeah. And so I did like whole West Coast tour. And then it was when it was over, I thought that was it. I was like, man, that was really nice meeting you, man. Like that was a life. I'll never forget that. You know, it was like one of those moments where I was like, I'll never forget that. Thank you. Yeah. I sold like, dude, I, we played Alaska. I sold a hundred CDs in one night. <laughs> Anchorage, or Juneau, or Fairbanks? Anchorage, Anchorage, Anchorage. I love it. Yeah, it's nice. Think about that though. This a hundred. Think about it. I mean, I was like, "What is going on here, dude?" So, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. And then after that, like a week later, he calls or his agent at this point called me. His booking agent is like, "Hey, Connor's doing East Coast. Do you want to go do these?" And I was like, "Okay." And I bought a plane ticket and met him in like Birmingham, Alabama. And then I was first of three opening up for this other band called Felice Brothers, who are incredible. I don't know if you know them, but oh. you should, everyone everyone should check out the Felice Brothers. Okay. Go check them out. Happy. They're so good. They're, yeah, they're great. Anyway, um, so then I did that whole thing and was like, okay, thanks, man. Like, that was insane. And then he was like, and then a month, this is true story, man. And then a month later, like, I'm back in L.A., you know, just like, you know, I, I made a little bit of money. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm like, hey, man, that was fuck, that was cool. He calls me. He's just like, hey, man, if I'm playing a couple of shows in Minneapolis, two nights at this little place, like 400 Bar. It's called 400 Bar. And he's like, you want to open these shows? I was like, okay, if that's what you want, you know? And he's like, but here's the deal. He's like, I'll pay for your plane ticket if you play guitar for me in the band. And I was like, you got it. Like, just send me the songs. You know what I mean? Just send me all your songs, uh-huh. what Bright Eyes Records, and I'll learn them and be ready. He's like, no, 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 that's cool. Just just come out here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> he, I go, do you want me to bring a guitar? Or he's just like, no, just bring your acoustic and whatever. And so I was like, okay. So I flew out there and go to his house. And there's the house I spent the night at. So I'm putting two to do together. Okay. I was like, oh, this is the house. Huh. You know? <laughs> so anyway. He's from go Omaha. Down his, yeah, he's from Omaha. Oh, nice. Yeah, I really like Omaha. I, every time I've played there, even before I met him, I've had I love Omaha. That's where I think Hammocky's from near there. Yeah, and so is uh, Dennis Buzinitz. Oh, yeah, right. He, he's from uh, Lincoln? Lincoln or, yeah. yeah. I shot photos of him on a consolidated demo, I swear to God, when he was a kid. Early, huh? They're somewhere at the mag. They're somewhere there. Okay. Anyway, um, so we go down the basement. I don't know any of these guys in the band. They're not Bright Eyes. They're not the guys that I had been seeing. You know what I mean? The drummer wasn't. Ah. Uh. I'm like, what's up? You know, and there's an electric guitar sitting there by an amp. So I just pick it up. I'm like, and Connor goes, starts playing songs I've never heard before. And I was just like, just watching his hands and like picking out the chords. And I just started playing and we just practiced all these songs that were. And so after the practice, like, I don't know what's going on here. Everyone else seems to know except me. And he's like, just so you know, like, these are, these are all new songs. I'm doing a Connor Ober solo record. And I was like, wow. That's amazing, you know? So then we rehearsed another night, and then we'd go play these shows mm. at this Minneapolis, and it was great. And he broke me off a bunch of money, dude. It was crazy. I'll never, I was like, whoa. Anyway, that night, he's like, we're going to Mexico. 
this is all really happening, dude. He goes, we're going to Mexico. He's like, I'm making a solo record. And he's like, everything you came up with on the guitar, I love it. He's like, I want it on my album. And I was like, okay. He's like, so we're going to get you a plane ticket and we're going to fly you down here and we're going to make this record. I was like, you got it. Yeah. So next thing I know, I'm on a plane and I'm in Mexico and we make this record. And then, I mean, like Jake says, I mean, it's, the shit writes itself. Yeah, it was right, just like, it, what it's year just like. was this? Was this before or after the movie Juno came out? Wow. Like he did the soundtracks for, you know, that first day of my life. Uh, and after we it's are after. nowhere and all that. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's after that. Okay. Because that song, every time he played that, the crowd went crazy. I mean, that's one of the most popular wedding songs of any genre. He has a crazy story about the Google. Google paid him, I think, or flew him. One of the guys from, yeah, there's a crazy story about just to play that song at a wedding. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they were like, we want that song. You play it at our wedding. Yeah. Oh, I. You know what I'm saying? Hi, me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Zuckerberg. You didn't hear that from? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're talking crazy shit. Oh, but, um, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, and then, then the whole Mystic Valley Band thing just. It, so that's again, an ongoing it, thing still, right? Yeah, sometimes you get the call from him, you know? I think it, a couple of years ago we went and did some stuff, and that's just, we're just like a family. That's a really cool thing man to be a part of it was definitely uh yeah we there was never any lame shit we just we were like his manager hated us his booking agent well basically they thought it was just gonna be a one-off thing and connor just loved doing what we did he's just like let's make another record and then we made another record you know and he's like i would just want to keep doing this uh -huh. and it was really like his management was like the ones that kind of cut it off they're like no 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 you need focus to focus on bright eyes yeah you need to do another bright eyes record you need to do like he did monsters of folk i don't know if you remember that with like m ward and jim james and so right so they had all these other things on the on the books so you guys and how many did you make two we made two records yeah that's so cool we went out we got paid we went and played like a wedding a few years ago like a one of his friends like we f flew out to omaha and just like this huge bash like uh -huh crazy show <laughs> well what, this is a lot of fun that's all i can think like that's all i can say man is i, I, had I, I got truly... one question about for connor we've listened to a lot of his music we know what makes him cry what makes him smile or laugh huh i think just being in a normal situation yeah i think he really likes I think that's why he liked hanging out. I get calls whenever he's in town. He'll just call me up and we'll go get some beers. He just likes, he just wants to be normal, dude. Yeah. Think about it. Like since he's a teenager, I mean, I remember when I started playing with him and looking out in the crowd and seeing like the first two or three rows of people that were psycho, dude. Almost beat, like, like the Beatles, just like Yeah, they were mania. just like hanging on every word. I mean, we weren't even there. You know, I remember like doing guitar solos and no one's even looking at me. <laughs> They're just like watching Connor like sit there. Like we didn't even exist, you know? So I think what makes him happy is just, he just wants to be in a normal situation. He just, he's really just a normal dude, man. I don't, mm. you know, I think it, it's really hard for him. That's, that's uh, like, I get the random text, you know, what are you doing? You in town? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And just go to meet him somewhere and just get some beers and, laugh i think that's what he likes to do nice. just normal normal shit he's a normal dude okay straight up what's one of your favorite or the favorite venue best venue you've ever played like oh either together God. or solo or i will say the gnarliest show i ever played was actually with broken bells 
I got to do that or whole did tour. A tour. We did Austin City Limits Festival. Is there some weird random spot like, dude, Memphis kicks ass or like uh, some place that you would never like, dude, have you ever been to so-and-so Indiana? Like that place rips or. God, I don't know. I mean, I, like so, New Orleans is always good. Prague is always Europe. God, I'm trying to think. It's hard. It's a blur. Dude. I don't want to sound like a dick, but like yeah. it really is a blur. Okay. Like I remember we did uh, some a festival in Ireland that was unreal like i'll never forget that it was like fifteen thousand people amazing it was like <laughs> on the, the light it was like at one in the morning and they just like shine the lights boom and we walked out there and the energy was just like <sighs> like it was there were some nights that were when you know it's a good night when it's like you're you're rocking you so hard and as soon as that last note hits and the crowd's like you can it's almost like air on your face dude from so much going ah and so when you get that it's like energy to be like you're gonna give it back so it's like this whole night it's just it's like crazy until you just get to like and then you're out and then the place is fucking that's when you did it dude ah. every night and i'm not i'm gonna say this dude like i know it's like a folk rock band but i swear to god when i walked out on that stage and put that guitar on i wanted to rip i was gonna everyone out there i'm gonna rip their faces off you know what i mean i was gonna like i'm gonna give it to these people so they don't even know it's coming dude yeah <laughs> and that was our mentality i mean we're drinking i don't know how many beers i drink every night like eight ten beers tequila and we're just like and the crowd i mean it was some of the best yeah every night was is was a party now people crowds were insane it was insane amazing it was insane dude oh nice dude yeah stoked for you uh <laughs> yeah I want to try and record a song with you. Did you finish that thing? That I, I don't know if you're still doing it, but you said you were making music and then sending it to friends and having them do lyrics. Oh, that's right. Did you finish that project or no? No, it kind of you just it kind of went out. away. Uh, yeah, okay. I thought I did that make... was a great idea. Uh, I know Toad you know... and Tobin do this thing that's similar in photography where they do half frames and then send the film and then the other guy doesn't know what the guy shot no way. and then they develop it and they're like oh that's amazing yeah. that is cool yeah. that's cool i did make i did make a whole new album that's an instrumental record like a whole oh. new record and i did it while i was making the book okay like so it was like this off so i'm calling the book tuli fog and then i'm calling the album tuli fog same thing oh. and it's like uh and is so they're gonna not be together though like now i'm kind of like i mean i put the book out and now i'm, I'm gonna think i'm gonna put this i'm gonna put the album out okay and just there it is you know it's like uh when did the book come out uh two months ago okay it's right here yeah talk about that yeah dude there it is was that all photos that have have those photos all been published or not been published or like i would say it's i'd say it's like 50 50 okay 50 50 yeah um same thing i start i started this literally like the day after jake passed away no way that's when i started it because i was like i remember i remember messaging some people on instagram but I, I knew it was just so dark but i was just like is there if there's anything i can do anything i i'm here i'll do anything you know mm -hmm. i loved this guy you know mm -hmm. and i know everyone was busy like, doing shit but i was like i just felt it's when i started skating again like super hard mm -hmm. it was like i'm not exaggerating like the day after like i was like i've been carrying around all these boxes of all my old photos and so i just like opened the boxes and just this is when it's this is when it started dude like this is i would not make this book if it wasn't 
for Jake Phelps, dude. So, so what what was the process? Did you just find photos first and then you started writing stories about each photo? Or how, how did it all unfold? Yeah, it was like I went through every single photo, and I'm not exaggerating, every single photo. And we're talking about like Caswell, Mark Johnson, like everyone from San Jose, uh-huh. you know, anyone I went on tours with. And I just realized like, well, the best photos I have are of these dudes that I grew up with, you know? Like, everyone has photos of Mark Johnson. Everyone has photos of Caswell that are, like, way better than mine. Like, but these dudes are special. This is, like, where I grew up. And that's when I just, like, I remember I went and met with Jai Tanju, like, to shoot some photos for an album I made. And I, t- I just brought it up to him. I go, I think I'm about, I think I'm about doing, like, a book with this. He's like, you got you know, you got to do it. This is, you wait. and I was like, okay, it's on. I was like, and so... That's how that's how it started, and I mean it's been like three you know three years now. I mean how long has it been since Jake passed? I mean that, that I'm not exaggerating. I mean I would take breaks obviously, but I mean, at one point it was like 350 pages. I was like I gotta I need to trim this back, dude. Mm-hmm. But um yeah I mean it's like 270 pages. Did you get somebody to back you or help with it? No or no you did I just it all did, on yourself. Yeah I just did it all myself. Yeah huh. I'm just like I buy it you know I've. I mean, I've sold like a couple hundred already, man. I can't believe it. And where can someone uh, find it you, on your website? Yeah, or yeah, it's like Big Cartel to Tule Fog. Um, it's on my Instagram and everything. And okay, yeah, yeah. To look it up, get it. It's super rad. And then the album's gonna come out with it. I just made like stickers for the album. It's pretty rad. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, so I just got these. But I made I made it. I made fifty CDs, so it's gonna be available on CD only. At first, open just to go along open with it. the book. Let me see what the first like. What what's the first impact when you open it up? What's the what? The well, first thing it says for Jake and Jeff right there. Nice. And this is the. Just driving through the valley. Can you see it? Yeah. Okay. Sick. Big old mound of like manure and fertilizer, right. and then it goes to Tom. There's the Madonna. Yep. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I need. Yeah, to, gotta, I need to. I need to. I need to send you a copy. Sure. I'm. A, I got your address. I'm gonna send you a copy. Right. And then, yeah, and then the article in the new mag. I can't. You know, Burnett really hooked it up. I couldn't. I can't thank him enough. It really means a lot to, to see this in Thrasher. How cool! That's what it. What this is. You know. Yeah. It really is. Okay. Um. Well, I think I've taken a lot of your time. Uh. I want to uh, oh, yeah, my, do a quick do, three. do a quick this or that on the way out. Oh, also, I've been asking everybody since you're a musician, especially, who's the best American rock band of all time and why? Oh my God, dude! I know the Minutemen. The Minutemen. I, there we go. I like that because uh, there's a big, big argument about Aerosmith, and I, I I'm like as good as they are, I can't sit like my mind can't just i can't say aerosmith is the best even if they are no, i can't no thanks minutemen to me because that's that they encompass what music like rock and roll punk rock just the minutemen are have you ever yeah. met mike watt i haven't dude no. i've been in the same room i've been in the same room with him but i've never met him huh i don't know if i want to he's my like yeah my favorite dude yeah like, don't meet your heroes yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. I've done it. There's some I'm like, oh, God, what a kook. Okay, we'll do a quick this or that on our way yeah. out, and then you can tell us what song we're going to carry on out of here with. Um, oh, that's right. The Okay, so we got Whirly or Rhodes? Oh, Rhodes. Turlock or Clovis? <laughs> Clovis. Jay Mascus or Doug Marsh? Oh, dang. 
um, people are probably gonna hate me for this, but Doug Marsh, John Entwistle or John Paul Jones? Oh, jeez! <laughs> I rode on a train in Japan with John Paul Jones. Oh, sick! Uh, God, Entwistle. How about that? Boris the Spider. <laughs> okay, here come the tough one. Mr. TK or Mr. AP? Ugh, that is not fair, dude. <laughs> I got to say this, and this might help you. They both are legends, but there's only one Alan Peterson. There really He's is. He's so fucking up there as like John Cardiel, Wade Spire, Alan Peterson for me. That's, yeah. that's what I think. And no disrespect to Tom. Tom's, Tom was one of the pivotal people in street skating beginning and, and having like just that fast skate style and down the street and kind of like dress and hitting everything and not giving a fuck. It's a tough one. We could say tie. We'll, we'll say tie. We'll say we're going to give it the old Visalia tie. Yeah. Uh, have you ever given God. Richard Paez a tattoo? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last one is Hanford park versus Modesto versus Visalia versus Los Banos versus Patterson versus Orange Cove. Who gets none? Who's the winner none. of the Valley <laughs> for the skate park of the Valley? Oh God. Ah, uh, gee, they're so bad. I'm going to go with Hanford. Why not? They're the winner. Hanford's the winner. Cause that was the first one. That's where I met Jesse. Yeah. There you go. He killed he it. Fucking Man. killed that. You know who else killed it? Little Panchito, Pancho Muller. Oh, right, right. Over the big hip. Yeah. 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 Oh, Backside heel. Yeah. Well, dude, this was super fun. I, I might, uh, yeah. I saw on your thing that you guys are doing a little tour, and one of the uh, intriguing spots you're playing is in Felton because we have a cabin in Santa Cruz Mountains. Uh, uh, so I might come. Oh, that's, I already did that show. I already did that tour. Oh, what? I did it already. Those are second. I was gonna. Those are from last year. Those are last year. Oh damn it! What is happening? That was the Felice Brothers. That was a great show. Yeah, Felton. That was a good one. Felton. It's Sorry, in the dude. Santa Cruz Mountains. God. Yeah, yeah. we. Yeah, it was an interesting show. It was good. Okay. SF was really good show. Yeah, great American. I will definitely let you know though. Like, please do. When I play up it's, there, I want to start playing again. It's been a minute. Yeah, the COVID probably made things interesting as far as live performances, right? Wow. I mean, and that we're going to be learning about that for the next few years. I think of what it kind of did to yeah. music art. Like it just uh -huh. there's a there's a divide that I'm seeing. Where I'm kind of like, whoa. Where some people some people really like ex like their careers took off during it. Well, some you know people I mean? have made whole albums about it, right? Like yeah, for sure. And but some people had like myself. I had a record come out right when it happened like i was supposed to go on tour in the oh, uk right i was gonna go play in mexico city mm. i was like 2020 was gonna be rad dude had a new album and like done so and i have one bright eyes connor like i would get calls from him like he's like cooped up he's like come, let's come play music with me like he was bummed bro would you guys ever do any of this like instagram live stuff where you're playing and on monitors for people or is that no, I mean I did I did some pre-recorded ones where I, like I filmed myself playing every instrument. Like I did a couple of those. Oh yeah. But I just don't it's just there's no connection. It's yeah, so it seems it's weird. Just, but that's what I'm saying like I think like we're going to see in the next few years like what 
the pandemic did because some people's careers took off in that climate because they, they got way into it, uh-huh. like playing in front of like a computer. And to me, it is so weird. Yeah. I can't do it. I mean, I was, I was going to try to do every other, other week a podcast where I don't interview someone. And I tried to do one just by myself, like Bill Burr style. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't even. Did go, you did, I, did you post that one? I think I heard that one. Maybe did I hear that it one? was like five minutes or so. Well, there's one where you got interviewed, right, by your wife. Yeah, that's right? different. Yeah. Though that was a good one. Having a, a conversation one. with someone is so much easier than having a conversation by yourself and just saying <laughs> things. I was like, so that, there you go. Well, there you go. Like playing, it's just so. Yeah, I did. A, like, like I said, like I, I, it's, it's we're gonna be hearing about it. I think, and we'll be learning about it. There was a there. People like their careers kind of took off during it. Okay. Anyway, so we have to do last song. Yeah. It'd be it'd probably be kind of lame if I did my own song, but people do it all I, the time. They do. Sure. But we should close it out it's with like wearing the shirt of the band at the concert. I heard that's yeah. a faux pas, but yeah, no, no, don't do. It. I think we should do AM Magic. Ooh. It's a song called Blue Timber. Yes, I love that it. That I got actually. I actually help mix and record and i played on it but it's karma singing um yeah blue Tim- it's such a great song it's it's if you've, it's beautiful if you've never been able to hear the pipes of one karma tasha yeah you're now you missing will. out yeah a little bit it's of really brandy good. goes a long way with karma <laughs> all right well fuck yeah nick thank you so much and also the curb skating you do is fucking kick-ass dude i'm so i, I really appreciate it we're uh i'm so i'm i don't know if you in tune with exactly what I'm doing, but I've just put feelers out and I'm getting all these people sending me, I'm going to make a video piece of just friends of the yes. show. Only yes. skating, skating. Yes. Yeah, only, oh, only curbs. Yeah. Oh dude. It's yeah, on. So yeah, you're in it's... there with Chris Hoslam, Jason Adams. Wow. Like I yeah. got a cast of like all these people. And then I got just people that you've never heard of that are listeners of the show. So everybody's an equal and they can all skate a curb. And so epic. I, I, I feel like it. it's a fun little, uh, I don't know, family affair type thing. Sure. Yeah. I love it. I'm stoked to be a part of it. And I really appreciate you having me on the show, man. Well, stay in touch and send me your address. I'll send you a little box. I will. And I'm sending you this book too. So oh, dude, I'll send you some dough. I, I like supporting. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got it. Well, shout out to uh, where are you at? You're like right by Monterey Park, Alhambra, LA. Me and Alhambra right, Water yeah, making new yeah, friends. Yeah, right about yeah, Alhambra, <laughs> East Side. All right, dude, I appreciate it. Um, we'll talk soon. Right on, man. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Yeah.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.